anlamak. Like on batman colon and then nothing <laughs> didn't save anything else <laughs> it's actually it's the recitation of cthulhu's pledge in the necronomicon i don't know what i was happening over there <laughs> you went into a trance i did and that's just it's what came out hashtag grimbatool uh, one hashtag to, hashtag grimbatool yeah <laughs> one ring to rule them all and in the darkness find them hey everyone welcome to comic book logic i'm your host joe and with me as always is my co-host kevin yo hey so we finished up the marvel movies last week with ant-man so now we're going to a little and bit now we are lost in the wilderness <laughs> yeah, in the in the, the void of space um so we're deciding to take up that space with 1989's Batman. Tim Burton's Batman. No, 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 Batman. Batman. Yes, the 1989 Tim Burton masterpiece. Sure. Batman. I uh you know, chap. I felt like we might have talked about this before at some point, although it wouldn't have been for this podcast because this is our first time actually yeah. talking about Batman. But mm. I think of all of the sort of comic book characters and universes, uh that that you know, I, I think that Batman's probably the one that I'm the most familiar with, thanks in large part to this movie and its subsequent sequels, which yeah. I'm sure we will talk about it someday. Yeah. Uh but more importantly, the much beloved by people of our generation, I think, Batman the Animated Series. That's right. That was, uh, that's probably where I first became familiar with most of the characters that are that never made it into sort of these Batman movies, the four that mm-hmm. kind of exist, that core. Um, so what you're saying is you're a Batman casual. Oh, absolutely! Filthy Batman casual. Oh, absolutely! No. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. more of a casual of, of other things, more so even than this. But yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I mean, so you're familiar with like, the... but I, I have a, I, I can get, you know, I have a surprisingly deep bench of, you know, Batman characters and rogues gallery of, of sorts. I'm familiar with like. Uh, 
you know, Firefly. Is, that's his, even his name. The Ventriloquist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter at all. Yeah, I loved it when he was played by Roddy McDowell. <laughs> it's a Shane. Wasn't he one of the villains from Batman? Shane. Remember at the end of that episode, we're like, come back, Shane. <laughs> that was actually an episode. Jaja Gabor is a... Oh, what was her name on that show? I don't remember it. Uh, yeah. No. I just wanted that. to make a lot of Batman 1966 references. Yeah. No, oh, I... Chum? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know the basics. The bat two C. The bat two C. No, you know the basics, like about his whole background. Right. You know. I, yeah. I have seen Bruce, Martha, and, and Thomas Thomas Wayne die so many times. <laughs> I get it. I got it down. Yeah, they die in Crime Alley. Crime Crime Alley. Which, ironically, they were killed in Crime Alley. <laughs> Wayne Death Alley. <laughs> Wayne Death Alley. Oh, why couldn't we have made a turn down Fluffy Bunny Alley? <laughs> What's in there? Hobos. They'll still shank you, but they won't kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, like you, you know, like uh, the Alfred and uh, Gotham City. I'm familiar with yeah. Alfred. Yeah. Yep. In taking down the Fall County Crime Family using the Rico Law. And <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's another movie altogether. Um, yeah. So Batman came around 1939. Um, with the success of Superman comics, DC was looking for another character. Uh, I think uh, back then it was National Publications. Uh, they were looking, so they went to Bob Kane, who created Bat-Man. Um, yeah. Bat-Man. Uh, in which the original concept was terrible, terrible, terrible. Hmm. And then a guy named Bill Finger came along and actually created Batman. <laughs> but ah. he never gets any of the credit. So oh, okay. um, it's because uh, Bob Kane's father was a really good lawyer, and Bob Kane got an amazing deal. So now Bob Kane is the single creator of Batman. Bill Fingers left by the wayside. Mm. Um, great episode of Fat Man on Batman, uh, Kevin Smith's Batman podcast, where they go. Um, I believe it's Denny O'Neill or uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Denny O'Neill who goes into the whole background of Bill Finger and um, Batman. Mm. Um, very interesting. Very interesting story. But basically, Bob Kane, um, his original idea of Batman was a guy in a red jumpsuit with a domino mask and Leonardo da Vinci flying thing wings. That was the original nice. Batman. So then Bill Finger came along and said, well, what if we get rid of the red jumpsuit, turn the, the domino mask into a cowl, and then just give him a cape and not wings. Um, and then uh, Bob Kane was like, all right, it'll work. <laughs> it'll never sell. <laughs> but we'll play in Rockford. Um, Wipes his brow with dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um yeah, and basically Bill Finger came up with everything. He came up with the Joker. He came up with 90% of the rogues gallery. A lot of that stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. And, of course, uh, Batman debuted in uh, Detective Comics 19, uh, number 27 in 1939. Also, uh, the Joker, also created by Bill Finger. Uh, and Jerry Robinson. Like, there's some controversy about who actually created the Joker. Inspired by Conrad Vaint and from the silent movie The Man Who Laughs. Hmm. Yes, so there's there's your silent movie. I I'm unfamiliar there. with that one. So also, Vicky Vale first appeared in Batman number forty nine. This actually kind of surprised me because I never really knew Vicky Vale was part of like the Batman mythos until I was like, I'm saying like now, but I'm back in the day I'd never do that until like I started really reading Batman comics and finding out that she was like an old Golden Age character. She was one of those people who was like, oh, that dreamy Batman. <laughs> I wonder who he could be, Bruce Wayne. He's a wiener, you know, <laughs> right. millionaire playboy. It's really after that Batman, you know, one of those characters. Uh, of we, we had to make him a billionaire now, but back then he was just a thousandaire. 
Because of inflation. the money. <laughs> Where in the money? Most of his money was tied up in war bonds anyway. <laughs> Actually, Bruce Wayne, war profiteer. It was a really dark side. Oh, yeah. Um, He played both sides of the fence. (laughs) I don't know that Hitler might win. (laughs) Let's let's give them some money. Um, Vicky Vale, of course, created by Bill Finger as well. (laughs) Sure. Um, Bill Finger also created the background of Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed and Commissioner Gordon. So let's just go there with Bill Finger. Yeah. Um, that's the main reason I was just talking about the podcast. But that's all I really wanted to talk about too much because, you know, you could go into Robin. You can go all this other background stuff. But for this, for the sake of this movie, that's kind of the basic idea is like Batman yeah. 1939 really hasn't changed that much. No. The background story. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid. Bad seed. Hurt people. I like him already. (laughs) You know, the problem was he got sloppy, you know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train until it was two feet from him. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Wow. Made mistakes. And then he had us. His lights out! Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? Batman! <laughs> 1989. So let's talk a little bit, too, about... Uh, before we jump into it too much, let's talk a little bit just about uh, Tim Burton. I don't know if you had any notes about it at all. On the production? Yeah, I got production. Some, like, yeah. let's let's make sure we, we discuss you wanna, that You want to weave it in, in and out? Yeah, yeah. because I, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, it's interesting thinking about Tim Burton getting handpicked for this. This was only his third yeah. feature film. Um, but you got to remember, his other two feature fume films before this were gangbusters. Oh, well, absolutely. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and, which is just such an amazing... Or 87. Uh, 85. 85. Uh, such an amazingly wow. weird, wonderful movie. Um, and then 1988 yeah, was... Yeah, 88, Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice. And so this is kind of right on the heels of that. He's already worked with Michael Keaton. But it reminds... You know, I feel like for a long time this wasn't the case anymore but we're seeing it again and we've talked about it on a lot of our of our previous <laughs> 12 or 13 episodes that uh there's this trend now of taking these um acclaimed sort of young up-and-coming directors and then giving them the opportunity to direct this yeah. huge blockbuster with this existing property that they're going to try yeah. to turn into something or continue something well actually the funny thing was was that um burton was not the original first pick for this movie um, there was a couple other directors ahead of him, including David Cronenberg, who I actually mentioned offhand earlier before we started recording. <laughs> Cronenberg was looking when he looked at directed because they wanted to do a dark Batman. Yeah, they wanted to like nineteen sixty six Batman. No, sure, we don't want we don't want people dressed up in as Joker goons going around slapping paint on paintings while Joker's laughing. <laughs> we don't want that in our movie. Um, Oops. The, well, you have to remember that during the 80s, there was a t- really two really successful Batman graphic novels. There was uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns, which is about an older Batman returning to the cowl, done by Frank, uh, Mark, Frank Miller. Not Mark Miller. He's a newer guy. And there was also Batman The Killing Joke, 
which was the one where Barbara Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, gets shot and paralyzed. Which I'm kind of familiar with, although I don't know that I've read cover to cover. Yeah. Um, but so those were super successful in terms of like prestige books. These were expensive mm-hmm. comics. Comics, you know, the idea of the graphic novel nowadays where you buy like a $20 graphic novel and you get like, you know, 10 issues collected didn't exist back then. It kind of did, but it was a very niche market. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they, they put out these expensive graphic novels and these had like a cover price of like 10 whole dollars Ooh. and then people bought them up. And, you know, got to remember that DC was making mm, but lots and lots of money on these deals so they're like there's room for a dark batman let's get a dark batman out there um so they were looking for someone um and even someone like spielberg was looked at to direct this movie Mm. and spielberg was interested and i think i might go into that a little bit later um because spielberg actually put out his fantasy cast for batman and i think i want to talk about spielberg's fantasy cast nice Because it's some, you know, some that we talk about on the podcast but Yeah. yeah burton was not the original director however warner brothers had the property and uh, they were very excited about Tim, what he had done with Beetlejuice and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They thought that he would be the perfect director for it. So they brought him on board. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's so different. No, yeah. I don't so know where I was going with that. That's that. something that we, we see now. And uh, I don't, I, I mean, I think it was a fantastic choice. I mean, I think Burton has a, a really distinct vision here. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and well, Anton first has a, a distinct ver- uh, vision. Tim Burton just went along for the ride on that one. <laughs> oh, fair enough. But I mean, I think there's a lot of what we'll see sort of in, in later Tim Burton as well. I think, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the sparing and, and interesting, but noticeable use of animation, which is something that yeah. I hadn't seen this movie. Probably, I've, I'm, I feel like I've seen it at some point within the last 10 years. I think it was one of those where it happened to be streaming, which, yeah. which is streaming we, on Netflix right get, now. Yeah. And we were able to catch up with it pretty easily because I don't own this movie. But um, Just this old, was yeah. oh, oh, years ago, I must have put it on. I probably put that and then the, the sequel, uh, Batman Returns, yeah. also by Burton, of course. Um, I must have watched that at some point in the last decade, but watching it really closely and seeing, I mean, the first time we see Batman as Batman, it's that overhead shot. And it's an animated. It's yeah. animated, right. I mean, he I, might I, I be there that. and he turns yeah. around, but then the cape and the shadow is a cartoon. And then the gas coming out uh, of the giant balloon yeah. uh, later in the movie is also animated. Um, just some interesting, like weird touches that. Well, you got to remember that, first of all, all of Gotham City in this movie is built. It's, the, right. it's not it's a filmed set anywhere. with enormous matte paintings. Yeah, <laughs> um, Anton first, of course, who won an Academy Award and then killed himself. Mm. Well, did all of the the set design for this movie. <laughs> Too dark of a Batman. Too dark of a Batman movie. Let's <laughs> let's pull back. <laughs> pull back. Um, yeah, he he uh, he he designed everything from scratch, and that's all of that. When this movie itself, the design of this movie has influenced the Batman comic book, future movies, yeah. cartoons. Everything comes from this design. That neo modern, you know, what is that called? The um, like an Art Deco. Art Deco, thank you. Yeah, and that's the, right, and that's something that that's really interesting too. Because I was watching this with my wife, and she was like, "I can't. I'm having a hard time figuring out when this is supposed to take place." And I was like, "The Prince music kind of gives it away." The, well, because right, because there's like. <laughs> A modern boombox, you know, playing the, which we'll get to that, the the awkward uh, Prince music shoehorned in. And I I say this as a, as a, as a, you're a huge Prince fan, record Prince fan, uh, an on record Prince fan. Um, you also like Prince's records. <laughs> that's true. I do. Uh, that's part of being a, a fan, usually. <laughs> uh. Love the man, hate the music. Uh, <laughs> it's not bad. I understand. Should have gone into another line of work. Um, <laughs> 
the uh but and, and like the they, they have phones and then batman's you know sitting there looking at like these giant computer screens <laughs> yeah. and stuff i mean he's it's it's clearly today yeah but all of the buildings are clearly yeah uh this art deco new york in the 30s with the big towers and the searchlights well originally batman all was... the cars were old yeah. from different decades randomly the guns are all old tiny okay. everyone's in goofy big suits <laughs> the um alcohol's the... prohibited <laughs> The uh, originally Batman was from Got and was from New York, but of course later on they split it to Gotham City. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Finger, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the but yeah, that's the, the the feel that they were going for, that he was going for uh, that Anton First was going for in this movie was something that was out of 1930s. Mm-hmm. He was you know going back, harkening back to Batman's origins, while at the same time making him modern. The first the first scene of the movie is actually pretty interesting because it's. Um, a tourist family lost in, in Gotham City. But when you first see it, you see a man and woman and a little kid. And it completely mirrors Batman's origin. Sure, right. So you feel when you're watching the movie that until you see the guy with a boombox playing Prince music at the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, are they telling Batman's origin right yeah. now? And that's you what, you, that's what uh, I kind of thought because, like I said, it had been a while since I saw it. And I didn't remember yeah. that, that beginning opening me, scene. Me too. I didn't remember it at all. Like, Wow. Okay, I guess we see it here. All right. Fair enough. Get it out of the way. Yeah. But then we don't really see it until yeah. very late in the movie, which yeah, is because, interesting. Yeah. Which oh, oh, I thought was in rewatching this movie. I thought that was fantastic. Like yeah. I was like, I knew it was quick. It there was, was over no. This quick. is not a Batman origin movie at all. This is just like he's been Batman for a while. Um, Robert Wur is trying yeah, to Robert find Wolves a, walking around. Wolves. Is there a giant bat? <laughs> What's will going you, on? Will you go on record saying there's a giant bat in the city? Will you go on record saying that you're the poor man's Albert Brooks? <laughs> Damn it. Oh. oh. I like Robert Wool. Sure. Arliss. Arliss. Good old exactly. Arliss. No, but yeah, and then the opening scene is where Batman, it, where of course it's almost mirroring it, the two criminals rob the man, mm-hmm. um, but Batman of course swoops down and takes him up, and he's like, mm-hmm. who are you? I'm Batman. Yes. Yeah. We're, Batman you know, voice. Batman and uh, Michael Keaton comes up with the idea of the Batman voice right there. Yeah. There was no Batman voice before Michael Keaton said, I'm the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Robert and Robert, Michael Keaton, of course, not the first person to pick for Batman. No. And you got to love like every time a new Batman is announced, you know, and Christian Bale, we, we, we had a few, obviously a few years ago now. And then uh, now we have upcoming any, Ben Affleck. Yeah. I don't think anybody was upset with. Maybe not Bale, with although Christian Bale. Although I don't know because he's English, and this is before. I feel like prior to that he was still because now he just talks like Batman yeah. all the time, yeah. and he's always playing you know American roles, and he t- and he talks like this in every single movie. Yeah. But back then, I think people were I still like th- the guy from Newsies. Like <laughs> I always think he sounds like he's chewing marbles. Yeah, like I, don't, I like he sounds like like a uh, um. My Fair Lady before she becomes, like, before she's trained by, yeah. you know, like, as she's getting trained by Henry Higgins. Like, <laughs> like right. the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Yeah, exactly. Put more marbles in your mouth, <laughs> Master Wayne. <laughs> um, so we will, I, I think that we're, we're bound to get to i think comparisons to nolan and and i do want to yeah. get there and i think that that's a, that's I mean, a you might as well i mean we're thing not to talk about we're 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 no longer constrained by the marvel timeline so we exactly. could we could jump around bounce around we're, we're just talking movies here but uh but i i i want to 
keep talking about sort of that that vision and the way that they have Batman as this character who's been around for a while and and that people aren't super aware of him. I mean, the police, some people may have seen him. A lot of people haven't. So it is an origin. Let's say it's the early days of Batman. It's not necessarily we're seeing it from day one. The way Batman begins takes, you know, an hour and a half before oh, he's yeah. Batman, uh, for better or worse. But uh, we get we're still getting like he's getting going and he's kind of yeah. finding his place sort of in this world. Um, but what's interesting is for a movie that's about Batman getting going, there's no and Batman in it. about Batman. There's well, there's very little Batman. Batman. There's very little Batman in this movie. There is at least as much, if not more Joker in this movie. Oh, well, the well, let's, let's talk about Joker for a second. Let's talk. Joker. Um, so, the, this movie is should have been called Joker, the movie. <laughs> Joker Begins. Mainly because of the casting of Jack Nicholson as Joker. Jack Nicholson got $6 million for doing this movie, which in 1989 money was, I believe, a billion dollars. <laughs> right, inflation's a bitch. Um, he wasn't the first person considered for it. Uh, Tim Curry, David Bowie, John Lithgow, James Woods. Tim Burton wanted Brad Dorif, who would later go on to do Blade. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, Brad Dorf's one of your personal favorites. Oh yes, of course. You get excited whenever he shows up because <laughs> it's like Brad Dorf. <laughs> and but Robin Williams actually lobbied really hard to get the role. Now this is a little apocryphal, but you can find sources on it online that um, the studio wanted Jack Nicholson. They kept tempting him with more and more money, and then what they said was they gave Robin Williams the opportunity. They're like, Nicholson doesn't want to do it. Do you want it? And he said yes. And then the, the studio went back to Nicholson and said, we're casting Robin Williams. We're going to give him this much money. Mm -hmm. And then Nicholson said, okay, I'll do this. But if I get this X amount of money on the back end, um, you know, and, the, and so he, they used Robin Williams to leverage against it. Robin Williams did not do another Warner Brothers movie until Warner Brothers apologized for using him as bargaining token. Because huh. you got to remember, it's 1989. Robin Williams is a, a huge star in 1989 as well. Sure. I mean, he had done a bunch of movies and he's a huge TV star at that point as well. Yeah. Um, Nicholson, I think, ended up making like a record like $60 million on the movie. Nice. Just with all the back end stuff. Because you got to remember he all the merchandising and everything else that came yeah. out with the movie at that point. But yeah, the amount of money they paid. Nich Nicholson was the top billed star in this movie. He was number one on the poster. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Yeah. And uh, he was in this movie a lot. How do you like him? Um, I do like him. I like him a lot. Um, yeah. I was talking with uh, Steve from Game Classy about this, and we were talking about the Joker um, as a character, and, and Steve doesn't like his portrayal. And I'm like, well, you're kind of tainted by – you love Mark Hamill's version of the Joker from the cartoon. Okay, That's sure, your yeah. favorite Joker. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're you're a little tainted by that specific Joker. Mm -hmm. If you take that out of the equation, you got to remember – Nicholson created a lot of the tropes that we like to know about the Joker nowadays. Nicholson really chewed a lot of scenery, but this is what this part called for. He doesn't do it as much until he becomes Comes the, the Joker. Joker. It, it, he seems very constrained as the Jack Napier, Napier character. character. He's yeah. kind of doing it. He starts the movie as this sort of puppet master, behind-the-scenes crime lord. Um, but a lot of people don't take him seriously. The cop oh. that he's bribing is also, you know, ah, you you aren't really all that, and he pulls a is gun it, on him. Well, yeah, he pulls a gun on him, and the cop reaches into his coat and pulls out a sandwich and starts eating it right in front of him. <laughs> It's kind of what happens. I don't remember what his name is, but I, I know he's supposed to be like Harvey Bullock. They took Harvey Bullock he's from the that, comic. Yeah, and right. they put he's him the, in there. The, yeah. the fat, sort of crooked detective yeah. that... That, you know, played by the guy from Terriers on the show Gotham right now, but 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, um, oh God, I Donald know his Logue. name. Donald Donald Logue. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's playing Bullock on the show, which is yep. yeah, yeah. Donald Logue's great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was on that show in WB for a long time. <laughs> Grounded for life. But once he falls into the chemicals, which I believe yeah. is that's an origin story. That's from a comic, right? Like a like not a necessarily. Big comic. Okay, so the thing is, is that the Joker's origin is never explained in the comics. It's I always kind of like I read that there was a storyline in particular there, where there is that's how it is. He falls in. There's um, to something and, and actually in um, I think it's death in the family is one of the multiple origins of him where he's playing a, uh, a comedian named um, Joe Kerr, K.E.R.R. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on this. I could be screwing this up. This could be from just, you know, because I'm pulling this out of my memory right now. Um, he's a comedian who is. Um, Picked up by he falls into with the wrong crowd like he's got some debts and stuff like that and they want him to rob the chemical plant mm. or do something at the chemical okay. plant I can't remember off the top of my head and then yes he does fall in there but that's just one of the multiple origin stories of the Joker okay. there never really is a definitive origin story of the Joker okay but yes this is this does play off one of them yeah and and you know as and yes little... the Joker the Joker did not kill Bruce Wayne's parents either okay and I want to get to that too <laughs> um, because I. Th- We'll get to that because I, I do want to – I have something to say about that. But anyway, uh, once he does that and he comes out later he and he has that, that infamous scene where yeah. he's, he's Give me the being mirror. unwrapped. Yeah, they right, the, and the, the mirror. And then yeah. he just loses it. He just starts laughing. He's, he's, he loses, he's cracked. He loses yeah. his mind. Whether that's uh, – you know, it seems like he was always – at that line and he gets increasingly at that line sort of up to that point because i think he feels like he's losing his grip you know harvey dent is brought on and he's thinking oh you know well yeah i've got jack palance on you yeah. know under my well, thumb and, and you know but i can't you know I harvey dent's whole thing is yeah. about how he's supposed to be sort of more uh incorruptible more morally righteous and he's like am i gonna lose my my grip on this city and yeah. then this happens and it just pushes him over that edge and he's no, I mean he, well, you he remember, loses his yeah. mind completely. Well, the thing is, is that Jack Palance, if you when you watch the movie, Jack Palance wants Napier dead. Right, he's yeah. the one who sets him up. He, he sets him up to die at the chemical plant, yeah. and or like, at least get arrested. And I think, and I think Napier knows that. Joker knows that. That, that he figures it out well, when he, he gets in there and he realizes that the safe is empty, and he says, "We've been set up." And what? then the cops show. I up think even Gordon. before then, because he's like. I, Jack, my boy, I want you to go to Access Chemical and take care of this for me. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to need anyone else to do it? <laughs> and then he's like, no, my boy, I trust you above all else. Oh, uh, that's my Jack Pounce impression. That's good. <laughs> that he does one-arm push-ups <laughs> in the office. Um, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's. Jack Palance in this movie, man. Jack Palance was deaf at this point in 1989. You know, I, I heard about that. I read that anecdote yeah. where, where Tim Burton tells a story where he's trying to, like, get Jack out on set. He's, like, calling action or something yeah. like that. And Jack Palance can't hear him. And he, he comes in. He's like, hey, where, where were you? You missed your cue. And he's like... I'm deaf. I'm I'm deaf. What yeah. what have you been in this business for a couple of years? You know. Yeah. He's like I I don't you know. And it's Burton has been like yeah that's that was a big moment for me. That was a humbling moment. Learning like oh I I need to defer you know to, to which I think helps a lot too. Yeah. Like if he you know he's this younger director and I think and I think there's all these old hands on set like Jack Nicholson and, and Jack Palance the Jacks as we call yeah. them. And you got to remember this is 1989 so there's a lot of old Hollywood probably still like like. 
like probably all the camera operators were like, I worked on Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And now I'm on this with this guy running around. Yeah. How old is this kid? 28? 22? I don't know. Give me another sandwich. <laughs> so, uh, movie specific. Let's let's. And actually, let's... all the smoke on the set was not actually from smoke machines. They're just from people smoking on set. You, right. Yeah. Yes. They're like it's the 30s. You know. <laughs> uh, we can do this. Yeah. Um, the Joker killing or Jack Napier. Yeah. Killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing this as a kid. Not never read comics as a kid. Obviously, yeah. as as we as we've talked about, but uh. I knew even watching this when I was a kid, seeing it, I'm sure I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I knew that a, that probably didn't happen in the mm-hmm. comics. Probably is not standard, uh, not Canon rather. And B, um, it, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> um, I get it. And I think Tim Burton kind of revels in the fact that he can kind of make this, parallel where batman quote-unquote creates joker but the joker Joker creates batman Batman. um i don't i don't buy it i don't buy it i don't like it i get it but i i've always kind of bristled at that i've always been really resistant to that idea well i i agree with you in a lot of ways um the the joker thing Bob Kane himself said, well, if I was creating the origin story back then, I, I knew that where it was going, I would have done it too. Well, the thing is, Bob Kane didn't create the Joker origin story or the <laughs> Batman origin story, so he doesn't really get a count. But, you know, it does it does make sense story-wise. However, character-wise, and now Batman is one of those characters that I'm very protective of. He, Batman is very archetypal. He, you, can't, you can't mess around with his origin too much. Yeah. Because or his character too much, because then you start losing who Batman is. Right. Now the thing with that is, is that Batman never catches the man who kills his parents, and that's part of the drive of Batman. It would like the whole reason why his inability to get that closure. Yeah, his inability to get that closure is part of the reason why he is Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like ah, I need a symbol. Good thing a bat flew through this window instead of a sparrow or something, you know? <laughs> right. You know, criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. Ah! <laughs> it's Seagull Man. Seagull Man. Why would a seagull fly in the window? It's an ocean's front city. Uh, I guess it is. That's true. <laughs> Maybe he had some breadcrumbs lying around. <laughs> I should have picked up that sandwich, but... <laughs> yeah, the sandwich that the camera operator just left. <laughs> a, du- <laughs> a duck grabbed it. Everyone in this movie looks like they're just they're just tired. <laughs> well, they look uncomfortable. None yeah. of those suits fit. fit. It's weird because it's the 80s and all the fashion's weird, but yeah. it's based on the 30s. And so uh, there's a weird mishmash of that. But yeah. I don't know. So, so you're okay with it, at least I, in the context in the of this movie. movie. Well, here's the thing is like Batman runs around with a big with a big airplane that has machine guns on it. And Batman doesn't believe in guns. So it's like. All right, we're already giving that up. So okay, yeah. In terms of narrative, if this was a standalone movie, and you got to remember, this is before the idea of a superhero franchise was even a thing. Well, I guess not. So they did some bunch of Superman movies, but you know, before it was like these will all be interconnected and they will have a storyline that goes through them. It's like, yeah. oh, whatever. We'll give Batman guns on the airplane on the Batwing, because I guarantee yeah. you there was someone, so it was some studio exec that was like, ah, this uh, bat, this bat jet. Can we put some guns on there for the toys? Maybe yeah. shoot a missile or something yeah. like that. There, yeah. there, there's so much 
marketing tied into yeah. what the, how this movie plays out. Yeah. I think that that is a little bit because um, because you know what a guy who hides in the shadows need a twenty foot long Chevy Impala. That's what you need. <laughs> the best Batmobile by far, though. Guy, guy, you got to admit that 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 car is fucking cool looking. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was a pretty cool looking one. <laughs> I mean, I I like. Well, I don't want to get to it yet. We'll, we'll get to it later. I want to. I want to wrap up this. You by don't talking like a, tw- a twenty-foot Chevy Impala. <laughs> I do. Well, I do. I don't know. I don't know. The uh, the sixties. The sixties. The sixties uh, uh, yeah. Batmobile is pretty rad. Also, that's yeah. got a good. It uh, also good style. Go, <laughs> and then you could go from the bat scene to like the bank just by going. <laughs> but that's well that's actually one of my other least favorite things about this movie it's a brief moment but it's so prominent and i remembered hating this a little bit as a kid as well is the scene with the bat wing goes rising up, in front up of the out of the clouds and it's in front of the moon and i'm like oh really we have to why do we do that <laughs> you're like you're like this is this is hack i <laughs> just stayed up in the theater you're like it's hack burton this god is hack. damn it burton <laughs> this is hack <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Throw my popcorn on the floor and storm out. And then I realize I'm, you know, 10 and like, I can't. If you need me, I'll be paying Periscope in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Periscope. Uh, I'll be playing Operation Iron Wolf or Operation Wolf in the lobby. <laughs> Dad, I need quarters. Mercs. I used to play Mercs a lot. Yeah. Mercs Dad, a good I need one. quarters. I'm trying to watch the movie. No, I need quarters now. I'm not watching this hack job. If you need me, I I'll give be... him $10. He gives me a roll of tightly, <laughs> tightly packed quarters. You're like, if you need me, I'm going to be next door and throw mama from the train. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that came out at the same time, but I know it was 1989. It's fine. Well, it was a... I, uh, we'll maybe talk about that in the next segment about that. But I mean, like, let's stick with the movie right now. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about was with, with, with Batman and Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, there was a, a couple people up for the role, of course. Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, Bill Murray, Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, Pierce Brosnan, Bill Ray, Murray. Ray Liotta. Oh, God. That would have been amazing. Ray Liotta would have been great, made a good Joker. Also. He would have been a great Joker. Uh, and Willem Dafoe were all uh, considered for the role. He could have gone either way, but I don't know that I would have liked to have seen him as Batman. He's, little... <laughs> He's like, if Batman hid underneath your bed smoking cigarettes, that's who <laughs> Willem Dafoe would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Keaton in this role. Oh, yeah. I, I really do. I mean, I think he's he the 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 sense of humor I think that he brings to it, even though he clearly has that sort of oh I'm well, kind of sad, but but he plays it a lot of fun when he's trying to, to the scene where uh, Vicky Vale and uh, or Basinger and, and Robert Wool are yeah. walking around looking at like the stuff the suits of armor. Who's this guy? King of the Wicker People? Yeah, and they're <laughs> making fun, and he's behind them, and he kind of is chuckling to where himself did, yeah. like he gets the joke and he thinks it's funny too yeah, he's like, not where did this come from japan yeah how do you know that's i got it in japan <laughs> <laughs> he's he plays oh, hi, a bruce, bruce wayne. wayne right he plays a bruce wayne who has a lot of fun does not take himself too seriously um yeah. i think this is an interesting bruce wayne in comparison to let's say the nolan bruce wayne the nolan bruce wayne plays bruce wayne the way a uh, very comic booky like yeah. the 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 known uh, so much pathos. <laughs> you know he's he's out. He's like, I'm just gonna buy this restaurant because why not? And you know it's like throwing his money around. Well, and that's him, yeah. right? That's him doing an act as well. Yeah. It's a very pointed uh, approach to be like, 
how not Batman can I be as yeah. Bruce Wayne? And, and it's like, I need to make sure that no one takes me seriously whatsoever. And that's what's the difference is, is that um, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne is a little more insular. He's the right. type of Bruce Wayne who's never really left Wayne Manor. Right. Like, he wants everyone to come to him. He's very Gatsby in that way. Yes. Um, he's not necessarily mysterious. He he comes across as kind of shy and kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, very sleeps, you know, sleeps anti- hanging upside down. Sleeps, well, who doesn't? It's good for the spine. It is great for the spine. <laughs> um, he's four inches taller every morning. <laughs> well, and shrinks like, over the course of the day. Michael Keaton as needs do we that. All. Yeah. Michael Keaton needs that because he's like three foot eight. <laughs> um, I always wow. remember the Looney Tunes. Whenever like Tiny Tunes would draw Michael Keaton as Batman, <laughs> he would always be this little tiny guy. With this like <laughs> really pointy head. <laughs> um, also, can we take a quick second to 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 notice um, how much an eerily uh, Michael Keaton in this movie kind of at moments looks like Billy Joel? He does. I know really it's the, weird. It's the eyebrows, I think. The Michael in the hair. Yeah, it's in the, the hair. hair. It's the hair. Like maybe the the weird. hairline. You know? So weird. Because he has those weird like Michael Keaton like super pointy eyebrows. Yeah. Like they look like a bat. Like they purposely shaped them oh, to look like bats, bat brows, <laughs> bat brows. Um, yeah, and he's he's very subtle in this movie, and I like some of the things you got to remember. He created bat voice. He created, uh, well, I mean, he didn't really create it, but I mean, the fact of like the Batman fighting style, where he keeps perfectly straight and just moves his arms. Yeah, because he can't, <laughs> can't move, move in that head. damn suit. Yeah, he can't love, move his head. We but, were we were watching this, and yeah, we were kind of miming, like <laughs> making sort of fun of like. How slowly he moves because he can't go any faster. So he just sort of slowly turns around and swings his arms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's so it's so great. Just like the way he moves as Batman, it really kind of defines Batman for a lot of things because Batman has to be slow because of that suit. I mean, the cowl yeah. literally makes it so he can't move. He can't hear anything in that suit. Yeah, Michael Keaton could not hear a thing in that suit and it's all rubber batman why are you yelling what <laughs> i'm deaf i'm a bat <laughs> bats have really good hearing they can't see oh <laughs> whatever <laughs> um actually with the suit um sylvester stallone went on record saying uh the bat suit batman's the reason why superhero and why hero action hero movies never took off in the 90s because you know we need a real muscle they could just get plastic on there instead Oh. Yeah, you don't need mu- you don't need real muscle. You can just get plastic muscle. Sure. Yeah. What do you think of his relationship with Vicky Vale in the movie? No, it was interesting. I mean, I I I was okay with it for the most part because if you're gonna have this love interest and then she uh, ends up, we we end up getting this interesting sort of triangle because then the Joker gets kind of obsessed with her. Well, it's actually like a like a square because you know Robert Wool is interested in her as well. That's true. It's a love it's a love cube. Uh, <laughs> it's a love square baby love square <laughs> bang bang uh no i think she's i think she's fine this is i mean late 80s you know going to the yeah. basic this is basing her she was in every movie it was yeah. like a given you had yeah. to just announce when your movie didn't have kim basinger in it and <laughs> well, that was just easy well let's let's talk about that really quick um do you want to go see, it's like what do you want to see tonight honey the one of the 18 kim basinger <laughs> movies or that one that doesn't have kim basinger i believe it's from uh well she used all the money i believe the- it's from hungary actually she was originally designed and uh cast as vicky vale the original casting of vicky do you know this no i don't you don't know this this is a no? this is a pretty famous hollywood story sean young was originally cast as Vicky Vale, but she was in a movie. Let's see if I have the movie down here. Maybe I do know that. I should have it. Oh, here we go. Uh, 
she was a horse. She was broke her collarbone while filming a horse riding scene. It's a horse uh, picture <laughs> with, um, and so she got kicked out of the movie, and they cast Vicky Vale instead. Well, because Sean Young couldn't move because she had she she'd have to wear the Batman mask to keep her neck straight. <laughs> right. Um. But the funny thing was was that because she didn't get the movie, um, she was super pissed off. So she wanted to be in Batman Returns, and uh, not Batman Returns of, uh, yeah, Batman Returns with uh, as Catwoman. Wow. And reportedly, she kicked in the door to Tim Burton's office dressed as Catwoman, and Tim Burton hid underneath his desk until she was escorted out by security. <laughs> and I could see that completely. Like I could see like Tim Burton, like but '90s Tim Burton with like the Egon hair and like like sticking like, out yeah, from behind the, the desk. desk like, yeah, like don't hurt me. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like that. But <laughs> but yeah, Vicky Vale, and I just. I find like the love story between her and and Bruce Wayne to be the most forced thing I've ever seen in my it's life. It's a little forced, it's a little awkward, but some of that I get is is how awkward Bruce Wayne I mean, is. is. I yeah. mean, he's he's so interesting to watch. Um especially when he goes full on crazy Michael Keaton. Oh, that's the when best. When he smashes you know the You thing. want to get nuts? Let's Come get on. nuts. Come on. Yeah. That's a that's a very very strange. What do you think? Scene. Yeah. Do you think I'm qualified? You think I'm qualified to be Batman? <laughs> that oh, that scene is so out of, so weird, so out of place. Yeah, I mean, like you know why he does it, but you don't really know yeah. why he does it. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, he's gotta he's gotta match him, I guess. Crazy yeah. for crazy. Yeah, and the thing is, is that Joker's just kind of like. Well, he just pulls his gun out yeah, and he shoot. says a weird thing. You ever dance with, you the, ever devil dance with the devil, devil by the pale, pale moonlight? moonlight? And then Bruce and then Wayne like, goes, like, "What?" what? <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite things. And then he shoots him. He shoots well, him in the chest, but that's which the he, way, that's, he predicted. Well, that's what you. Yeah, that's why yeah, he the, puts the the thing. In. Spoiler. Well, you got to remember you know. that the, the the whole reason. <laughs> well, I guess it's because they needed a way for Bruce Wayne to recognize that the Joker is the same person who killed his parents, because that's what he says before he kills Thomas Wayne. Is you ever dance with the? De- hey kid, you ever dance with the devil? Right. It's the only way to make I that think they connection. Had Christian Slater playing mm-hmm. the young uh, Jack Nicholson at that point. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> they should have. Um, because that's all Christian Slater's been doing for the last 30 years. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's the way that he was able to recognize them and then uh, get that all taken care of. But that was, uh, that's such a weird scene. And, uh, um, but I mean, it's interesting and it's memorable. It's one of the most yeah. memorable scenes. Because it's actually, I think the most memorable scene, thing about that scene is that they're in Vicki Vale's like hotel room slash apartment. And it's like, like a normal, like it's like from the set of uh, Mr. Mom. And it's like you have all this Anton first gothic architecture, and then you go to Vicky Vale's room that looks like something out of a Hilton, and you're like, "What? This is kind of weird. I don't like this." Yeah, well, she because she's from out of town, she's from somewhere, yeah. and she comes in to work with Robert Wool, yeah, because she wants to cover the Batman yeah. story and win a Pulitzer, and then she stops covering the Batman story about halfway through the movie. Forgets yeah, all about she's that. like, "No, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna just marry this billionaire instead. <laughs> That's much easier. I'm gonna marry this. I'll buy a Pulitzer yeah. after that. <laughs> exactly." <laughs> Well, yeah. so I guess we should talk about the finale. Well, well, well I also want to talk about um, okay. uh, two characters, actually, the well, three characters, technically, but two of the characters actually went from all four Batman movies, all of the Tim Burton versus Batman movies. Com- the Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon right. um, and uh, Michael Gao, who plays Alfred. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gao, of course, has one of the worst scenes in this movie of all time. The most, though probably the most awkward scene of all, it's the scene where they're actually in the Hall of Armor, Armors. And he's like, uh-huh. Commissioner Gordon had to leave early, <laughs> sir. 
It was a most <laughs> important matter. <laughs> no, no, no. Go out through the, the back. back. <laughs> I don't know why I made him spooky. I... But I mean, because he was like, it's like, you have two investigative reporters sitting right there, and he might as well just say, Batman, they need you, Batman. <laughs> Go to the Batcave located this way, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> just like, if you'll excuse Batman a moment, he has to go and <laughs> has, fight some crime right. as Batman. You Did should, I mention he's Batman? Ooh, I shouldn't out. have mentioned he was Batman. <laughs> it's too hot. Take the bat door, sir. <laughs> I mean, the back door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. And not only that, but he also lets Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Yeah, he, you know. It's he's a he's he's good. Commissioner Gordon doesn't really get a lot to do here. Um, I also uh, wish we got to spend a little <laughs> bit more time with Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Pat Hinckley is uh, Commissioner Gordon, by the way. I oh. failed to mention that. Yeah, and Billy D. Williams also another interesting story. Signed on as Commissioner Gordon because he knew that he was going to be Two Face. Um, by the time they wanted to do the Two Face arc in Batman Forever, they uh, bought out his contract and gave it to Tommy Lee Jones. Lame. Yeah. Very lame. But Billy The world D- was denied a, a Billy, Billy D. D. Williams. Two-Face. Yeah. Billy D. Ugh. Two-Face. Ugh. Billy Two-Face D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> probably not where I'd put it, but yes, <laughs> that's a way to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so what else are we... Well, what I else mean, are we, well there's, there's all the prints. Well, there's the, the, there's the museum scene. We can talk about prints yeah. and the museum scene in general. The museum scene is kind of so weird. So what do we think of Joker's plan? And we'll put frame that in the museum scene, which is where we kind well, of get a little bit of it. I His, like I like the Joker's plan because it's, it's pretty classic Joker. It ties in yeah. really clearly to the Joker character also, like well, what he's kind of known for i guess yeah. so well, i mean originally he was going to put the smilex he put the smilex and all the chemi- and all the the, the cleaning products mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool because it's like it's not necessarily just hairspray it's hairspray lipstick and deodorant put together which will cause the problem but only if you have a certain type of this stuff will mm-hmm. it do that and i find that very fascinating it's very it's very clever for a movie like this um, especially when you have the scenes with the news reporters looking all bad, like they couldn't actually use a comb. Right, right. That's, I said that while I was watching, but I was like, combs still exist, right? Combs well, and brushes aren't standard. It was the 1980s. They really didn't have con- conditioner, so... Yeah, yeah, everything was just held in place with, with hairspray. hairspray. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, they, they couldn't afford... So- I don't think it's in soap, is it? It was in soap? <laughs> They're going to use soap? Um, but yeah, the, uh, but that was really cool. And I like that all the reporters look like crap because they're not allowed to put, uh, any makeup on and they've got big, like big pimples and stuff, but like no one else in the real world (laughs) who wouldn't wear makeup for a living looks like crap. I don't know how that works, but But yeah. But what's great is, is that then, uh, Batman is able to figure out. And so that's what leads the Joker to do the the big gas balloons and just yeah. poison everyone because yeah. outdoors in the streets, which to, is like the least effective way to disperse a gas onto a crowd to, to quote, to quote the Joker, this town needs an enema, <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines. Uh, the, the Joker has so many great lines in this movie, but that's, oh, that's what he's I'm, fantastic through this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a single scene with the joke, like stop the presses. Who's this? Yeah. You know? It's, it's one of my other favorite moments is when he when he says that he's gonna give be uh, throwing away that the, the yeah, two hundred million dollars yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. I think um, he said like two hundred thousand dollars. 
<laughs> yeah, whatever it was. It was 89 money, so. <laughs> whatever it was. You could buy so a house for that. They show that yeah. scene because Commissioner Gordon's giving a press conference yeah. on, like, the steps of the police station, I'm guessing. And there's the four monitors. Yeah. And then Joker shows up <laughs> on two of them. Yeah. And when he interrupts... All of the characters giving the press conference literally look to the right as it like at as the if, other monitors as if, as if he's over, over there. there. And I was like, what are they looking at? I didn't like it made sense to us visually until you like thought about, about it. it. And yeah. I was like, what is happening? It was just really weird. And I visually. think they actually like try and respond to him and like they have they like do. a conversation they have, like, a back and forth. And then he pushes <laughs> them away and it like wipes. And now he's on all four that's screens. A, that's, a, that's a Tim Burton way of doing yeah, it. Very silly. And I, I liked it yeah. a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah the museum scene. Then the museum scene. Going which into is, that when he. Yeah. And that's uh, that's kidnaps where... Vicky Vale or tries to kidnap Vicky Vale. Yeah. One of my one of my bigger issues with the movie is is like when they're saying like we're trying to get away from the 1966 Batman with Joker having henchmen who are dressed as clowns. Well, guess what? You have a bunch of guys wearing uh, SWAT jackets that have big Joker emblems on it. Like he just decided that you know what, my face on a patch would look fantastic. Yeah, you know, and they got, he's got Joker hats and Joker jackets on, and like like they were like like hard love ro- that Joker. Like they were Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> jackets of the 1980s. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, like they're a like they're a motorcycle gang. Yeah, <laughs> so they're going around and they're putting this like. But what's actually really funny is that painting that he says, "No, not this one. I like this one." That that pictures and that painting is actually in the Chicago Art Institute. Oh, yeah, I think nice. it's like something with it's meat something or other. I don't remember the name. Yeah, I was wondering if you if you knew. I, I know what it, it was. and I have I had it written down, but I'm not going to look at mm-hmm. it right now. To interrupt it's a spooky before. one. It's got a big sort of a menacing kind yeah. of a kind of a painting. But but yeah, he goes around and. You know, I don't know why he just like they he go. He brings around. the music. He's got to bring the prince along. A slapping paint. He's wearing a beret. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. That's the big. That, that's another. That's more of it was the a studio beret. meddling. Was that's really? Warner Brothers yeah. saying we got to move soundtracks. Prince is still a huge bankable star. Uh, uh, artist, you know that yeah. that that we're going to be able to 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 make a uh, a lot of money on this soundtrack here. Well, and they, they released uh, two separate soundtracks: the Prince soundtrack and the score by Danny yeah. Elfman. That's true. And, uh, it, you know, it was successful. Bat Dance. Have you ever sat and watched the Bat Dance video? Bizarre. It's like 20 minutes long. He's got he's the half Batman, half Joker costume. He keeps yeah. looking at the camera. I kind of like that, though. Oh, it's great. Yeah. No, it's really great. But yeah. it's really, really weird. Yeah. Um, it's like the like uh, it's like the video for part time uh, lover where it's just like uh, no secret lover where it's just like a it's like a 40 minute opera. <laughs> You're just like, what is going on? There's Valkyries coming on stage. And, oh, uh, God, Prince. Anyway, um, so that's yeah, a little jarring. But that's it's a little bit weird. And and I can see in retrospect, I can see someone watching this, someone like younger than us watching this movie now, especially if they've already seen yeah. uh, the Nolan mm, movies or yeah. they're more familiar with like, you know, today's modern Batman uh, which today's which, modern Batman <laughs> sounds like right sounds like I'm I'm introing it to to TV show today's yeah. modern Batman enjoys the active lifestyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> These kicky shorts are sure to be a hit at the beach this summer. But the, yeah, it's but that does have a great scene of when Vicky Vale's trying to escape and Batman's helping her escape and they have the the grappling guns like how much do you weigh? Uh, like one. One, 102 she says 108 108 yeah and he's, he's like you weigh way more than 108 by the way <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait that's the scene where every guy goes over to her wife and it's like ah, ah. how much do you weigh when was the last time you weighed 108 fatty <laughs> Ooh. yeah no i don't say that <laughs> 
people listening, don't try not to say that. I don't think we need to say that, but just in case. <laughs> My wife's like, you weighed double that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Um, but then, yeah, then they have the... Um, then then you have the, the parade scene, which is really very awkward because Joker is... Well, the whole thing is, is the whole movie, they're trying to do this big... Gotham celebration for the Gotham's 200th anniversary. Right, they're trying to get the money for it. They're yeah. hoping it'll bring back businesses. So, yeah. Gotham sucks at this point. Yeah. You know what to bring back businesses? Cut taxes for the rich. Trickle down economics, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, it's hasn't t- worked yet, but someday. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's the real the tail end of Reagan, you know, that's that's where it all comes from. It's true. But yeah, but thank God Batman had decided to build the Batwing with clippers on the front so that he could grab the balloons. You like, know, someday I may need to grab <laughs> balloons. <laughs> Or, you know, or other things, yeah. you know. Uh, but this will be great. This will be really effective. Yeah. I also like in that scene where Robert Wool's walking around with a baseball bat hitting the guys trying <laughs> yeah. to like get him off the balloon. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's going crazy out here. <laughs> Better get my bat. Yeah. Um, which, which is... Uh, which See, funny... Robert Wool, he was the real bat man. <laughs> See? Hit people well, with bats. It's, it's also kind of funny because... That exact scene scene is replayed in Batman Begins, except with the Scarecrow's neurotoxin. Yeah. But it's just the same thing with people blowing it out in the streets and everyone's going crazy. It's like all he needed was just giant balloons in the base and go through the parade. Um, but yeah, so they do that whole thing. And uh, Joker pulls out the long gun, which is really funny. And then he shoots down a plane with he it. He shoots down. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, that was a hastily built bat plane. I mean... <laughs> Batman may be able to soup up a car and make himself a, a, a cool suit and have some grappling hooks and stuff, but for some reason his, you know, aeronautical <laughs> engineering skills can't handle a pistol. Subpar. Yeah. Subpar. Yeah. The uh, just, but anyway, so the, <laughs> so that that leads to the 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 very end, which is as you texted me, just a rehash of Vertigo. <laughs> yes, the finale, which is a Vertigo sequence, except the. Soundtrack to Vertigo is much better than the, well, the finale. It is what it is. Tim Burton, yeah. It's just that exhausted Batman. Having to go well, up all those stairs in that damn suit. Where was his grappling hook then? Um, Tim Burton, they didn't have an ending written. They, they had no idea what they were going to do with that scene. So they, when Jack Nicholson is pulling Vicky Vale up the... Oh, Jack pulling Vicky Vale. When the Joker's pulling Vicky Vale up the... <laughs> when the Joker's pulling like, up Chris Kim Basinger. Yeah. <laughs> pulling <laughs> her up it. the staircase. He's like, what are we doing up here? what are we doing up here? And Tim Burton couldn't tell him. He says, well, we'll tell you when we get up there. He didn't know what they were going to do. They improvised almost that entire final scene, um, including the dancing and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And then eventually they have the whole thing with the helicopter and you know, mm-hmm. falling off and then there Mount is. Rushmore and uh... <laughs> <laughs> a little different movie there. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Batman and the Joker make plans to kill each other's wives respectively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's but it's kind of a, it kind of works because once again the Joker is well actually the Joker is pretty distinctly killed by Batman because he gets the thing tied around his foot. Yeah, it, it's he's definitely culpable. Yeah, I mean because that's I don't always, know why I said that so weird is like culpable, <laughs> culpable. That's it's kind of like one of my pet peeves with comic book movies is when the villain is killed by their own machinations. Uh huh. I, I by never their own hubris. Yeah, I never liked that because it's like well. And that's like part of the thing. That's part of the reason. <laughs> then what did they, the hero didn't even have to do, do anything. anything. This yeah. would have yeah. blown up in his face anyway. <laughs> exactly. The, 
Uh, yeah, and then, then the movie ends with the the whole thing of them falling. And he shoots the grappling hook up, and they save each other. Recall on that one. I like it. It's actually a pretty decent ending. And the yeah. the Joker's lying, but there's a very King Kong shot with the Joker lying on the ground. Yep. Yeah, there's like a straight up call back to King Kong. Well, sure, and there, I mean, right. The, Twas the, beauty the that killed the Joker. <laughs> the spotlights on them in front of this huge Art Deco building. Yeah, it's not the Empire State Building, yeah. but. You know, it's an old church, I guess, but... <laughs> you should really eat some vegetables. Uh, <laughs> you're already sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got the, he's got the, the, the he's, laughing powder. He's not dead. Know. No, but his, his career, career is. is. <laughs> Remember when Al, Jilson, when Al Jolson ran amok at the Winter Gardens and climbed the Christopher building? <laughs> Couldn't get a job in this town. Uh, that's actually the second time. Early in the, when I did Game Classy, I, I, re- I referenced the ethnic stylings of Durgan and Dushowitz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, ethnic comedy of Durkin, usually. But yeah, he's, he's on the ground. They got the laughing part of the check yeah. code. And like, the laughter, <laughs> yeah. That creepy, repetitive laughter. And it's yeah. great. It, no, it's, it's really, really cool. And it's a, it's a great ending, and he's got the smile, obviously still plastered on his face, and he just, you know, died f- as he lived. <laughs> off of bell tower. Looking like that. <laughs> Falling off a of bell tower. Falling off of bell towers. <laughs> the, uh, the funny thing is, is that if you look at that scene... Where the, where the Joker lying there, and it's playing that Danny Elfman music. It's like I think there's like church bell, like boom, boom. Yeah. Every movie that Danny Elfman does a score for from then on has a scene that's like it that. It sounded so familiar, and yeah. I was like, is this a reference to something? And it's like, no, it's just that he's done it it's in Danny every Elfman, movie yeah. since. It was yeah. actually on Oingo Boingo's second album. Um, <laughs> So then it's our uh, our thoughts on the movie as a whole. So sure. So let, do you think it held up? Do you think it was a good movie? Absolutely. I I, re, I still really liked it, and I think it helps. And I mentioned this earlier. I, I, I would be curious to hear how people who, you know, maybe were, were born in the 90s or even later, um, if I could get through <sighs> talking to those people, um, 
what they would think of a movie like this. Um, have they seen it? What do they think about it? Um, I don't worry about it necessarily being tainted by either its sequels, which yeah. I still like. I'm sure one of these days we'll, we'll talk Batman about Batman Returns. Returns yeah. but, um, Batman and Robin. Batman, Batman Forever, Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> And then, <laughs> yeah. well, let's, before, I think before we say too much more, let's let's do it. Let's get into the inevitable. Let's talk Nolan. We haven't, yeah, gotten to those movies yet either. We've got a well, crap load of Batman movies to I, talk about on this podcast. But what do you like about? How do you think this? Is it fair to even talk about it? I mean, well, okay. So let me. Yes, it is because I I was just telling you this that I watched it yesterday before we recorded uh, again. Um, in the afternoon, and then at night, actually, right. the Dark Knight was on, so I watched that. Batman, nineteen eighty nine, Batman is a better comic book movie. It okay feels more like a comic book. It has like this almost otherworldly feel. I was explaining to you, it's like it's Lovecraftian, where it's like it makes your eyes bleed, but at the same time you're <laughs> smiling. You know, it's like so, like something out of the Those Necronomicon. Those are the side effects yeah. of Smilex, actually. <laughs> yeah, but then you watch. I think Nolan. you were just need to change up your deodorant brand. <laughs> you watching Nolan's movie, and you're like, this is just a uh, this is a mob movie, you know, with Batman. It's a dark, yeah, yeah. A dark sort of crime movie. Yeah, it's like Nolan wanted to do yep. his version of I don't know, like Heat or something like that. Yeah, and like the Jokers are two completely different things. Now, I like Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, but mm-hmm. actually. Jack Nicholson does a fantastic Joker as well. And it's yeah. just you could it's just two versions of a very very similar story. Mm-hmm. It just and it, but it's it's very very different like where the Dark Knight is all moody and uh, uh what's what's the word I'm looking for um I guess just the mood overly long uh, overly well that's no, no, that's no. Nolan but though. yes. Um but then you have the Batman movie which is it feels long. It actually does, but it's not a. It's not a long movie. It's only like uh, I don't know, hour forty five. I mean, I like it a lot. It, it. I think it's. I think it clocks in right around two hours. It yeah. might be two hours and a couple minutes. You know. Yeah. Um. But but so that probably is a little long. But I like that it has so many of those scenes that you would see in a, in a comic book movie where you've got you know the people running around and like. You know, uh, Robert Wool's a reporter, so you yeah. see those scenes in the newsroom, and then you've got yeah. the scenes at the police station. It's and, very, yeah. Uh, there's so many things where this is a, a world, but it's a comic book world. Yeah. Everything is a little bit heightened. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, there are these, everything is a set, and everything, it's, we're, we're on this yeah. back lot somewhere, it gives it a very old Hollywood look and it, feel it fe- to it. That's a, I think that's a good example. It feels like a movie... Like a Hollywood studio movie that would have been made in the 1940s. Yeah, yeah. right. There's a big. There's a. There's a. This is like Howard Hawks Batman. <laughs> you know, a little bit yeah. of that. It's like yeah, his girl Vicky Vale. Yeah, like yeah. Er- Errol Flynn is like <laughs> Errol Bat- Flynn yeah. is Batman. Yeah. yeah, Batman the Gay Blade. You know, like the- <laughs> <laughs> right. You know exactly. And you're like, oh, well, I guess okay, yeah. But it does have that that feel to it, and I think. One of the one of the things that's really weird about it. That's fine. One of the things that's really weird about it is, um, uh, it's Tim Burton's is a very very freshman director on this movie. Yes, he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure and he did Beetlejuice, but both of those movies are very stylistic, not stylistically, very genre different. Like Beetle Pee Wee's Big Adventure is like a weird fantasy movie. Yeah, that benefits from having long shots that can focus on the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Beetlejuice is another one of those that's, but it's, it's supposed to be like a horror comedy, like a spooky comedy. Yeah, yeah. But you could have like these weird angular shots. Yep. And like, what are, what are those called? The uh, where they turn it uh, Dutch angles and stuff like that. Right. It's very like German impressionist. Yeah. But then uh, you get the Batman, and Batman could have benefited from maybe some tighter shots and maybe not seeing Batman lumber across the screen. <laughs> yeah. I yep. mean. It, it does benefit, I think, having the built sets, being able to do longer tracking shots, like mm-hmm. the museum shots and things like that. But at the same time, it's like some of this could have been a little darker so we don't actually see how bad some of this stuff looks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th- I feel that has like a little bit of the pacing that adds to the slowness of it. I still like it a lot. Um, it is dated. It's it's like the 19th. It's like the 78th Superman dated. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's, it's a product of its time. And I, I, I think... And it's um, not a product of its time. It's a product of its director. <laughs> well, because you got what, there was other action movies yeah, coming out in '89 and '90 that looked that look completely different. Batman looks like something out of its own world. Well, I, I, the one that jumps to my mind when we talk about action movies of the late '80s in terms of being you know monumentally um, uh, uh, having a huge uh, influential yeah. is. A movie like Die Hard, yeah, from 1988, where you take, it's such a, I mean, it's a big movie in the sense of like there's a lot of big action sequences, yeah. big set pieces, big, um, uh, uh, big moments and big explosions, but it's, yeah, that's the bit, whole point is Bruce Willis as this everyman yeah. who's thrust into this action movie, and. Bruce Wayne is certainly not an everyman. No. He does not respond to his life the way any man <laughs> would. It's always been a very specific, unique, heightened, crazy story. Yeah. But I do think that there's there's a something about it that makes it I'm not saying that Batman's influenced by Die Hard, but <laughs> I'm saying those two movies in a way are an interesting sides of the of a similar coin of the late 80s where we're kind of Getting, you know, it was a. It, we, we mentioned the the Reagan eighties a yeah. little bit, where everything was was flashy and chrome and and a little bit crazy, and, and everyone made of was cocaine. on cocaine, yeah. mountains of cocaine. <laughs> and so, cocaine. as we're trying to get a little bit darker, and we're moving into the nineties, and people are like, "Oh, they're getting exhausted," and we've got Bush now, and it's just. <laughs> With the band and the president. <laughs> I don't know if we have the band yet, but we certainly have the first president. Uh, I, think... I wanted to make a grunge joke. And I when know. I heard you say Bush, I immediately went to the band Bush in my head. <laughs> That's why I, I mean, to explain I, my joke. I think that there's I, ni- neither of those movies are particularly gritty. Um, yeah. Die well, Hard's a little I, gritty. It's mostly sweaty, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really it's sweaty. a little gritty. I always I always look at uh, Lethal Weapon as like a, a hallmark of 80s yeah, action movies. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With like everyone's got feathered hair. So I guess that's what I mean when I say that it's of its time because that's those were the kinds of movies that the studios were doing. Yeah. But at the same time, it it stands out because it's weirdly set in some version no, of 1989 yeah. that's also still 1940. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it's like we have computers and Model Ts. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> for some reason. Oh, the the painting was figure with meat. Oh, by, oh, by Francis Bacon, 1954. By the way, very that's, nice. I just oh. I pulled it up because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about Francis this, Bacon. That this movie, um, I I wanted, nice. 1989, probably the greatest year for movies in my lifetime. Oh, um, you got to remember that 1989 not only had Batman, it also had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids, UHF, Ghostbusters 2, Lethal Weapon 2. 
Um, and I know I'm missing a couple more out of it, but there was a fantastic summer for movies. Batman was actually the highest grossing North American movie that year. Uh, Indiana Jones, the last crusade actually, uh, beat it out in international markets, but the movie itself, uh, grossed a whopping 43.6 million in its opening weekend. You're forgetting. I think the single most important cinematic achievement of 1989, what a little film called roadhouse <laughs> roadhouse <laughs> left boot um <laughs> remember the guys got the knife in the boot yeah Tells him. um uh. but yeah it ended up uh um grossed 251.2 million in north america and 160 million internationally that was so, huge but I remember the Batman stunt show at Six Flags, Flags Great, Great America Man. up in Gurney Mills or Gurney. Gurney Mills was the mall in Gurney. Yeah. Uh, Illinois. And uh, I remember watching that and it's But do you so super goofy. It was super goofy. I'm sure they don't so still have it. 310 million international and uh, total. It made 750 million dollars in merchandising alone that summer. Yeah. Seven hundred. It made twice as much merchandising wise, and there was no Batman action figures when that movie came out. No Batman toys. There was three toys that eventually came out for the Batman movie. It was Batman, it was Bob the Goon, and it was the Joker. <laughs> and then you had the Batmobile. That was all that was released. And Batman himself was just a re-release of the Superpowers Batman uh, action figure, along with the Joker was just a re-release of the Superpowers Joker. The only figure that the original that the original sculpt they had was Bob the Goon. Oh, poor Bob, who shot. Midway through the movie. Yeah. Bob. It's gun. too bad. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. It's too bad. But yeah, it was... But everything, a lot of those merchandising dollars came from Batman cereal. A lot of way. it came from the uh, Batman bike caps where you'd have the, the, the front of your head that you'd flip up and it had the <laughs> Batman symbol on it. Remember those? Remember how dumb people were back then? <laughs> Batman slap bracelets. <laughs> Batman slap bracelets. Batman pogs. 1989 might have been a little too early for slap bracelets. I, I'm not going to... Gonna go. Uh, I'm not gonna stand behind whether or not that's accurate. But. The Batman window decal of Batman flying through your window. So it was like his front half would be out the side the car window, and the back half would be inside the car window. It would have like a little sticker that showed like the broken glass. Yeah, yeah. that's the type of crap we spent our money on in the 1980s, sure. and we loved it. We had a lot of it because of trickle down economics. <laughs> oh my god, Batman <laughs> T-shirts and Batman everything. It was people would get Batman symbols shaved into the back of their heads. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like didn't play for a that. long. Yeah time this was i would say i'd be interested to hear if you agree with me but i would say that for about that almost 10 years i'm sorry 20 years between this movie between 1989 this movie and i would say 2008's iron man i would say that for maybe just for me but for that 20 years i think this movie and less specifically uh, this version of Batman and this style of making comic book movies was kind of the gold standard for the 90s and the first part of the 2000s of, I would, I would of go, superhero movies. I would go to 2000, uh, 2001, 2002. Did you say uh, with the X-Men? Spider-Man. Oh, with Raimi Spider-Man. I'd say Raimi Spider-Man kind of maybe redefined the genre. Um, but you, yeah, yeah, Batman, maybe you, making it flashy a little bit. This was huge, and I talked about it, I think on the Superman podcast was that the fact that Tim Burton they they loved him so much on this. He, they he did Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. He opted out not to do Batman three and four, uh, which 
you know, well, well that, good on him, but bad for us, <laughs> Joel Schumacher. But they wanted him to, to helm the Superman movie because he was the go-to superhero guy, probably because no one could figure out how to do it. <laughs> and he had yeah. found some magic thing, but ended up not doing that as in the, whatever. It, and you could go watch the documentary. Uh, we've, yeah, we talked yeah. a bit about it. I still and, haven't watched it, but I, I, I think I will after this. But then you, but then when Sa- when uh, Brian Singer did X-Men, and I think it was around 2000, 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. And then Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and I think that was 2002. I think it was May 2002 because it was after September 11th. Um, because yeah, remember they had the poster right. with the the twin towers with right, the right, spider right. web and they had to do all that stuff and then they had the end of the movie it was like you mess with New York you it's mess Spider Man you mess with New York yeah oh they had that but I think was that, that one or was that two that was that was one was it one okay. yeah I will say that Batman 1989's Batman kind of defined like the 90s in a very in a lot of ways the 90s became a very weird vapid strange decade because of Batman. <laughs> Um, well, it's sad to see it it get corrupted sort of over time by making it so much more about the merchandising and yeah. you know uh, by whatever the happened movie. to the pure Batman. <laughs> well, and right, and well, and the on some movie, level, he like, pulls out the Bat Ex- American Express card. Yeah, I know. You're just I like, know. what? I know. Why does and Batman? How did he apply for that card? How did he get that? It was the late '90s. People were crazy. America's economy was booming. I'm not going to blame the studios because... <laughs> I'm going to blame the studios. No, but I'm not going to blame them in the sense that like they were wrong to want to make boatloads of dollars on you know, merchandising Batman crap. Like, Of course they're going to do that. And they were so successful, as you said, the first time. But Jesus Christ. Like, I just... Yeah. It, it's so sad to have kind of watched that happen. And then we do sort of get to hit the reset button a little bit with the X Men movies, and to your point, the 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 Spider Man. Well, yeah, the the studios were like, hey, Warner Brothers was like, let's redo Batman. Yeah, and they did, and they let Nolan do it. And a very about fifteen years later, we get Batman Begins, and it's a very underhyped movie. There's no like big fanfare for a new Batman movie. Mm -hmm. It's like it was kind of very low key, and it was and turned out to be a good movie. And then he does. I think it's 2008's The Dark Knight, and right. it blows everyone's head out oh. of the water. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 weird. Like this movie is like a stand, and it's a good movie. It's it's not great, but it's a good movie. I think it's yeah. I, I think it's I, I remember it really loving it as a kid, and I of think course, that my yeah. estimations now it's it's I'm probably a little bit more realistic. There were I guess, so but... many penis jokes in this movie <laughs> that I did not even get till I watched it this time, and I heard it. He's like, I'm sure women love his large bankroll. You yeah. know, it's you know, it's like stuff like that. And they're talking. I, I wish I wrote some of them down, but it was like, oh my god. Yeah, they make a lot of fun of Bruce Wayne's uh, junk. Yeah, uh, or lack thereof. Yeah. Oh, they say they talk about people loving to come over to Wayne's balls. You know, they yeah. say that, and I'm like. I didn't remember all the I'm balls like, jokes. I can't. There was a ton of like penis jokes in this movie, <laughs> and I could not believe it. Like it, I wish I had wrote them all down, but I did not. But it was that's okay. Yeah, Wayne's. Right. They're talking about Wayne's balls a lot. <laughs> Women love coming to Wayne's balls. I think that's what they say. <laughs> you know, wow. they really like his Batman uh, themed American Express card. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like, what would you give the movie? Like, like if we, if we give it a grade, like kind of on our yeah. system. 
Yeah. I mean, um, it's a little harder because we're looking at it in retrospect. I know. And I, we got like 30 years of movie I'm watching. probably yeah. tainted by nostalgia a little bit here, but I'm going to go ahead and give it an A-. minus. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm grading it pretty high. I really like the way that this movie looks. I like the way that it works. There is some campy, goofy stuff in there. Yeah. Um, this, the campy stuff that I like, I credit Burton with the campy stuff that I don't like, I blame the studios for, and that may not be a fair way to approach the movie, but that's how I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be a little more harsh than you. I'm going to give it probably, I want to say either a C plus or B minus. I'm very wavering between the two. I mean, it's, it's a fun movie. It's fair. It's just, it's just a hard watch. Like, so I didn't find that. I there was there was one moment where I was like I was thinking we were watching it. Uh, what well, we ate, you know, it was it was it was a great pizza and, and beer movie. Yeah, which is how I we watched that, yeah. it. We, we caught it, you know, put it up on Netflix, and we're sitting there. And there was a there. I found myself thinking at some point like. God, this has got to be almost over, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I had that one moment. I don't remember what scene it was. I wish I did because I can then I can it was figure probably out the "Let's Get Nuts" scene because that's where I always feel like this movie's still going. Yeah, maybe it's that because that does happen really late in the movie, and I didn't have much time left. I think we were right. It was probably around there because that's yeah. we're kind of right at. There's one that sort of final sequence to go, but. Yeah, maybe it was that or the parade when the when they're running around crazy in the street, and I'm like, this has got to be. And you text me, and you're like, this is like the ending of Vertigo. It just well, turns, uh, yeah. right, exactly. I like how right the movie just ends with Vertigo. They were like, we don't have an ending. Vertigo has a great ending. Let's <laughs> that's one of the greatest films of all time. Let's just use that ending. Actually, a nun shows out and scares the Joker, and he falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's a ghost nun, and he falls off the. Uh, and he dies. And then the Joker takes the biplane and he's chasing Batman as he's going down the cornfield. And that is always go to North by Northwest. Um, sure. The yeah, you know what? I think I'll, I'll go. It's with the, the original Batman <laughs> with the wings <laughs> and the red suit. Yeah. I think I think I'll go with the B minus mainly because watching this movie, Jack Nicholson's performance kind of like it's not necessarily saying anything bad about Michael Keaton's performance because it's also good, but Jack Nicholson's performance is so over the top good that it's like I'll give it the B minus. I enjoy really watching Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's like the last time Jack Nicholson had fun making a movie. Well, and we didn't really. I mean, talk he probably about- didn't even have that much fun. From what I hear, he would stay up all night drinking and doing cocaine, and then come to set at like ten o'clock in the afternoon and demand to watch a Lakers game. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about that, but I think. The, the fact that the Joker and Batman really get equal, if not skewed, amounts of screen time is we could talk about that thematically. Like, how does that work of, you know, the fact that they created each other and are we, you know, we're yeah. looking at this, that they are kind of two sides yeah. of that same two coin, I guess. <laughs> where a joker even even sort yeah. of makes light of it he says you know i created you you created Create me. me and then he i think he has a, a there's a more to that line but i can't remember what it La-dee-da. is something like that eh? i'm getting tired <laughs> this movie's still going <laughs> uh forget it joker it's china <laughs> i guess we'll leave it there always end on the big laugh you killed my mother my father my mother my father <laughs> You killed my parents. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? I made you. You made me first. 
say that, Bray. I mean, I was a kid when I killed your parents. I mean, I say I made you. You gotta say you made me. And how childish can you get, huh? You wouldn't get a guy with glasses on, would you? Huh? Uh, all right. So what you want to do our, our recast? So all this talk of Hitchcock, Hitchcock we mentioned yeah. Vertigo, we mentioned just about every other yeah. uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, we are, we're going to, we decided to recast it in terms of Alfred Hitchcock's Batman. Yeah. So for the first time we are taking what we did, uh, during our Marvel, uh, recasts were the, the, for during phase one, we would just pick, uh, decades or years or, or windows, I guess, uh, of, of years and time where we could just come up with our own cast and our own director. And then during the uh, phase two, we did all the nineties just assuming that everything had took, taken place like 20 years, 15 to 20 years earlier. Um, but for this one, we decided that we would go, we would pick the director. We're going with as if Alfred Hitchcock in the, in the mid 50. I just went with 56, 57. What? Good evening. Wait, I don't know why. Wait, I went with, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Good evening. Uh, Yes, a little bit of a different voice. So Alfred Hitchcock's sort of yeah. mid fifties Batman. Uh, Batman. Yeah. Just because what what would that movie look well, like? Well, because we and... already kind of talked about the um well like like Batman the Gay Blade. Like you could do this in terms of like an action adventure Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. uh, Rudolph Valentino movie. You know, like yeah, like you know, what was what was the Ivanhoe or the yeah mm-hmm. what's the, what's the pirate one the famous pirate one the masked. Uh... I don't know. By the way, the um, the movie that Thomas and Martha Wayne take ba- uh, young Bruce Wayne to go see that he's killed in is actually Zorro the Gay Blade. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't re- I, I thought and, I remember seeing Nolan's it. In Nolan's movie, they then... take him to go see Die Flatermouse. Yeah, right. The the, the one <laughs> opera, the only opera, opera with lots of bats, bats in it. Let's take our son who has expressed a debilitating of fear of bats in particular. We're going to take him to that opera. Damn it, Martha, we're going to culture this kid if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> our, our, son, <laughs> our son is terrified of geishas. Ooh, the Mikado's playing. Like, for God's sakes, people. Context. <laughs> so, so, so this I is, this this. is going to be really fun for, for our fans who are listening to this who are like, hey, I've never watched a movie pre-1980. So let's, let's, <laughs> we, let's talk about we have old, a lot of those? Old, no, let's yeah. talk about old, old-timey uh, movie actors. So and, You know, most people have seen at least a Hitchcock movie at that I'm point. I'm sure. Come on. The 1950s Hitchcock, this is... This is starting with I forget what he did in 1950. It was a movie I probably haven't seen, but uh, 51 Strangers on a Train, um, Trouble with Harry is yeah. in there. Psycho to Catch a Thief. Yeah, Psycho kind of is 1960, so yeah, that I mean, kind of like, is the start yeah. of that. But but North by Northwest in '59, Vertigo of course North, in 1958. Yeah. Uh, uh, so just Rear to, Window and not Rear, rear window, window in 54. Yeah, uh, yeah, To Catch a Thief I mentioned I think was also maybe 54, yeah. 53. Dial M for Murder yeah. was 1954. The Birds that was later. That was the 60, Birds was 63. So yeah, yeah I mean. I, I see it. You see it. Maybe yeah. I don't want to get ahead of you, but you mentioned seeing it this way. Maybe as sort of a swashbuckling, yeah, yeah. sort of action adventure kind uh, yeah. of movie. I, I see it as more of like a, a darker kind of like, kind of like North by Northwest, where it's got like a, a element of mystery to it. Yeah, yeah. I see it a bit as some noirish elements, some yeah. sort of spy elements, but more of that like a yeah, like, that's. 
organized crime, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, someone's probably trying to yeah. like kidnap a politician or yeah. something. You and know, Batman. is probably yeah. the so yeah. Well, so what what it, uh, Kevin texted me? He wanted to do just like let's just pick some characters and like so like I I kind of put it as like I got my Batman, I got my 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 leading lady and I got my villain. So that's the way I kind of did it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to be constrained by like, we're remaking this movie yeah. in particular yeah. with like this plot and these characters. Yeah. Although I did essentially go with mostly these characters. Yeah. So. I did. I did as well. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think it's, um, I, I, I actually, uh, I, I threw in a, a Harvey Dent as well. So, so did I. Yeah. And uh, I have a feeling, as, as you I, said, I, we're, we're going to have, have a, like lot of, a nearly identical cast, I bet you. A lot of overlap, so, but we'll so, see. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do Batman first. Who did you have? We start with Batman. Uh, well, let's say one. Or, or, ready? One, two, three. Cary Grant. Grant. Yep. See? Yeah. 100%. Uh, because I knew you were going to say Cary Grant, Grant as well, and I'm <laughs> sticking with Cary Grant, I added as an alternate, just so that I could say someone different, um, Ray Milland. I have no idea who Ray Milland is. Uh, Ray Milland was the st- one of the stars in the, he, uh, in the I guess you would say, the villain of uh, Dial M for Murder. He's yeah. the former tennis pro who, who uh, wants to okay. arrange okay. for having yeah, his yeah. wife murdered. Okay. Um, he's also in The Long uh, Weekend. He's okay. the star of that movie. Oh, okay. um, I was um, yeah, I he, was tempted. Like, you put the caveat on me of he has to be worked with Someone Hitchcock that before Hitchcock worked because, with during the 1950s particularly uh, yeah because my other well oh shoot then that will so you may have you may have yeah but yeah, okay. whatever I went early 60s um but it was um Gregory Peck was my alternative but okay. I know he hadn't been in any Hitchcock movies so I did when when, when we were talking about it uh when my wife and I were talking about it I I did mention uh, Gregory Peck as well um <laughs> now Vicky we're not necessarily going to do this well, and I well, it was funny because I I was tr- I was trying to do my impression of Cary Grant Cary as Grant. Batman, and I and I goofed like my voice. I realized the Cary Grant impression I was doing was way more of a Gregory Peck impression. Then I went, oh, Gregory Peck would be good, but I don't think he worked with Hitchcock. Or yeah, if he that's, did, that's what I said. I don't yeah. know if he worked with him. Yeah, in that I went decade. With, I went with Cary Grant mainly because he died in the in the Quad Cities and. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just Cary Grant. Cary Grant. I have stayed at that hotel, Hotel Blackhawk in Davenport, Iowa. It's a beautiful hotel, and I have to say, um, haunted by. Gary I'm going to go ahead and plug it because if you are in, if you can get to the Quad Cities and you have enough money to like have a night out, like go kind of out on the town, stay in a really nice hotel, and like eat a really nice dinner, like you can get. What would cost you in downtown Chicago like three times as much? You can live, really live it up for not much money. What about if I Davenport, sleep on the Iowa? street corner where uh, where Humphrey Bogart choked on a French fry? <laughs> That's gonna cost you. <laughs> but yeah, because those haunted c- tours are gonna walk by. <laughs> Cary Grant has the the Mid Atlantic. He does that Mid Atlantic accent. He yeah. could pull off the millionaire playboy. And uh-huh. He also would look very dashing. Like oh, he's got yeah. the he's got the good like chin. He's a for given. It. Yeah. He's a given. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you start thinking about, yeah. he, it doesn't even have to be Hitchcock. You just start thinking about Batman in like the late forties into the fifties and like early sixties. Early sixties, he might be getting a little bit yeah. older for it. Yeah. But I mean, North by Northwest Hello, was nineteen fifty nine, and he still could have done it then. All right, Joker, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> My, love, my, my I mean, Cary Grant just, idea. just sounds like Catherine Hepburn, but just toned down a little bit. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> oh, Batman. Like a slightly more feminine <laughs> Catherine Hepburn <laughs> is basically <laughs> Cary Grant. 
while we're really reaching out to our audience I'm on this sorry. one. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Uh, so who'd you put as your love interest? Uh, uh, well, ready? Three, two, one. Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly. But who does she play? I said Vicky Vale. I went with Selena Kyle. You went with because Catwoman, I yeah. would love to see her. The way I see it is not uh, like a you know like a '60s Batman or or even like the Michelle Pfeiffer where yeah. she's literally in a leather suit and she's Catwoman and has like some sort of magical cat powers of some sort <laughs> where she's licked back to life. Exactly right, which I guess is a thing. I don't know. Um, I saw it more as like the uh, the Anne Hathaway Catwoman yeah. from the Nolan movie from from The Dark Knight Rises, where it's definitely implied she's obviously playing Selena Kyle. We kind of know who that character is. She's going to have some of the attributes of it, but I saw her as like you know a thief. Maybe I'll, she comes in and she tries to rip I'll, off Bruce Wayne, but you know they meet and she gets I'll, embroiled in I'll, that. I'll give a, I'll give it away that I I actually uh, put Tippy Hedren as my Catwoman. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. I ended up not uh, she, doing that. Of course, that. she was she was later in the birds, but yeah, she was in her she was thirty three when she did the birds. So sure, you know she would have been a lot younger. So I I put I put Catwoman. Had other- he met her? Earlier, I, I was going to say Kim Novak was the Tippy Hedren yeah, of sort of this Kim era, no- yeah. In between, but I don't want Grace p- Kelly and Tippy Hedren. Yeah. So, but but no, but yeah, I mean, go with her, and maybe you just yeah. maybe yours is just set a little later. That's yeah. fine. Or, yeah, or she's early. an obvious doesn't choice. Matter. Yeah, she's who's who? What other, what's another villain you got? Did you cast a Joker? I did cast a Joker, and I struggled. Did you? To ca- I didn't cast the Joker. Oh, my until Joker was easy. But you, you, twenty minutes maybe before you came over. But I finally cast my Joker. But your problem is, is that your Joker is. I've got to be much more literal. No, yeah. Well, you did. You did. You stuck to the 1950s. I, I went, stuck to the 1950s. I went to 60s, and I went with Anthony Perkins as my got Joker. It. Okay, and I and I thought of that. I have Anthony Perkins skipping ahead like you did with with Catwoman. Uh, Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, Anthony. Kathy Perkins. No, Anthony Perkins is my <laughs> Kathy Perkins from um, HR. <laughs> Kath, uh, Anthony Perkins is my Riddler. Oh yeah, I can uh, work. If yeah. I if I had a Riddler in there, but again, 1960, I was like, oh, if I cheat a little bit, it's right there. I'm like, I'm sure they were maybe shooting in in yeah. 1959. I'll I'll allow it. I'm sure he yeah. was aware no, of who I, Anthony I, Perkins was. Yeah. My Joker is Martin Landau. Yeah, I could see that. Martin Landau. I'm the Joker. <laughs> um, when you see, if you just look at him, if you've never seen, I know you have, but I'm talking to our listeners here. If, you, if, if anyone has ever, if never seen or really, even if you've seen it, but don't, haven't really paid attention to um, North by Northwest, he's like a henchman, like a yeah. really prominent henchman. Hired goon. Hired goon. Hired goons. <laughs> In, there will not be a podcast that goes by <laughs> in which we do not make that reference. It's easy to do because we're talking easy. about comic yeah, book yeah. movies, but um just look at him in that movie and you're like, oh yeah. 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 Just put some put a green wig on him. I like I like Anthony Perkins because he's he's thin. And he's, he's got he's, the right he's, frame. He's got, he he can like, do it. Well, because sure. I always say that the the be, the the best uncasted joker of all time is uh Crispin Glover. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why I'm always like Yeah, he would be great. He that's what he he like he reminds me of. I thought you were gonna say Christian Bale, and I was like, "Well, we ca- Christian Bale, uh, uh, Christian Slater, Christian Slater." And I was like, "Well, we kind of got we got older Christian no, no, Slater." No. And I always <laughs> think of like Anthony Perkins is like the 1950s version of you know Crispin Glover. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why I'm just kind of like, yeah, he, yeah. He, I think he just looks like it. He's got, and if you you know, Psycho is essentially him being the Joker. 
A little bit. Yeah. Much more subtle. Yeah, subtle, of course. He doesn't really Did you ever see Psycho 3? Come on. Or Psycho 2? You know, I have not seen any of those sequels where he reprises the (laughs) The role. I I just, I don't want to. No, it's not good. I mean, he's no Vince Vaughn. Do you you got any other villains? (laughs) Nice. Uh, You know what I do? I have my Poison Ivy is Shirley MacLaine. All right, but I'm going to throw something out here. Uh, Poison Ivy did not show up till 1966 in the Batman oh, universe. Oh, okay. Oh, because well, uh, you mentioned her. I know you texted her to because, me. I don't know that because technically, uh, <laughs> Batgirl and uh, Poison Ivy were both created for the Batman 1966 TV show because they wanted to sex it up. Uh, uh, Poison Ivy never actually showed up on the show, but uh, Batgirl did. That's okay. Hitchcock wouldn't have more than one woman uh, without killing <laughs> one off early. <laughs> killing one in the shower early on in his movie so that I, he can make way for one. Ooh, I don't like vaginas. Does uh, not care for him. <laughs> he likes them. He just hates them. Did you have, have you seen the Hitchcock movie with uh, Anthony Hopkins? You know, I haven't. I really, I, I really want to see that. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's very grotesque, the bodysuit that they put Anthony Hopkins in. You um, mentioned that you have a Harvey Dent. Yeah. And yeah. who's your Harvey Dent? One, two, three. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> There's all of our key overlap because... Uh, it I just mean, makes that's sense. Just, it's such a well because he's got to be in the movie, but he's not going to play Batman. No, 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 no. Well, my parents are dead. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like you can't. My have Jimmy like, Stewart's is is, is always a Don Knotts. Well, there's 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 two Jimmy Stewarts. You always get you had young young Jimmy Stewart. I was like that is all crazy. Like Clarence, you know? <laughs> and then you got you got old Jimmy Stewart back when he's like I have a dog named Bo. <laughs> you know, like but you, it's a young Jimmy Stewart. You're like you can't see him going like. I am the knight, you know. It's like it just doesn't work. Like, but you could see him. Like, I'm gonna take it all down using the Rico law, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back yeah. Two, I, I'm two faced. Flip a coin, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I, I don't, I don't know about all this bat business. Once again, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. My my Alfred. Uh, I did cast an Alfred, and I it's only because yeah. um, you have uh, the great John Williams, not the composer. Yeah, uh, John Williams, but you have uh, John Williams, the, the classical the, guitarist, the veteran, <laughs> the flautist, um, <laughs> the actor. For, he was in. Uh, he's the detective in Dial M for Murder. He's uh-huh. in To Catch a Thief, and he's kind of like that same exact. If you, if you look him up on IMDb, take a look at his picture, and you're like, oh yeah, that would be the Alfred in this movie. <laughs> I was, so, I was thinking that um, and this just came up to me because originally what I was thinking about is doing the Alfred Hitchcock cameo as the penguin getting put into the prison. Like seeing this like this like yeah. all these criminals <laughs> that Batman's <laughs> put, well, all the these background. all these all these criminals that uh, the shot would essentially be in the uh, the police station and you'd see like the you know like how they had in 1950s where the, like the uh Bayberry. The big room well, yeah like yeah. the, 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 mm-hmm. the with all the bars in front of it and you see all these like people in costumes and they pan and you see like alfred hitchcock in the top hat with the monocle on <laughs> yeah, like that would be his great. cameo that's there. great but you could also have him in a cameo as alfred like alfred's only in one scene and he's like telephone for you mr wayne and he just <laughs> right. stands there while he answers and then he walks off the set you know it's like that it's like one of those two i think would work really well but right. i, I kind of like the the pan off and you see that's really yeah that's a really that's that's great we also we had a we, we were texting on the phone um back and forth it's that I, I always think it'd be funny to have james mason be bane i know i was I'm trying mr. to find wayne. i was trying to find a, a spot for james mason james and i ended mason. up not really having a when gotham is burning then you have permission to die <laughs> <laughs> But now I really want to see this movie. I, I gotta do too. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, 
I'm sorry. You're just but I'm, I'm thinking of Jimmy Stewart as, as, as oh, there's no Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know anything about well, this well, Batman, but oh god, it's Batman! <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you look at that? <laughs> well, Barry, have you ever seen such a thing? <laughs> He turns on the bat signal. <laughs> the man's dressed off like a bat. <laughs> well, lasso the moon for you. Uh, <laughs> the moon's got the bat symbol on it. <laughs> Pulling it down. Uh, all right, so we're done. <laughs> what if we say no? Well, Tony, <laughs> nobody wants a war. <laughs> if we can't do business, why, we'll just shake hands. And that'll be it. Yeah. Here. <laughs> oh, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. <laughs> All right, so we're adding a, a new segment. I mean, you know, new feature, new feature. Uh, you wanted to do top threes, so I'm yeah. letting you. I'm letting you pull the top three. Uh, yeah, so a lot of the, you know, the, the, as we're doing this podcast and, and moving on and, and doing different things, getting out of the, the shadow for a while of, of Marvel, I thought it would be fun to, to also talk a lot more about other movies in general and just kind of think about yeah. This one's going to be a longer works. cast, but I feel that's just because there's a lot of stuff to eat in this movie, a lot of oh, stuff yeah. to digest. I mean, like, in the future, if we're doing, like, The Punisher, this will be a 20-minute podcast. <laughs> a little bit. Right. The movies hey, we shoot some people. The movies <laughs> we don't like, we'll have to, right, we'll try to, yeah. to push it out. But um, a lot of the movie podcasts will do sort of a top five or, or that yeah, sort we'll, of thing. We'll do a brief um, top three. We're going to do top three, I thought, just the sake of being different and also because, as you said, it's, it's kind of long enough. So, uh, ideally, the theme of the top three will be something to do with the movie movie that yeah. we're talking about and we thought well what the hell let's go big let's go with kind of an obvious one since we haven't had a chance to talk about it before but uh we'll do our top three tim burton movies dun, 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 dun. timmy burton tim burton tim burton danny yuffman danny yuffman tim burton tim burton all right so, so why don't you start yeah okay we'll do we'll, uh, we're doing an order three two one right three two one we're gonna count okay. down because so i do you... have it in three two one okay go ahead so my third one's a little bit of a wild card pick um Term Burton, after you get past like the mid '90s, starts really going downhill pretty fast. Mm. Um, I really, I think one of his last great ones that I really enjoyed was Sleepy Hollow, and that's my number three. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that movie just because it's a fun Halloween movie that's not too, um, it's What's, not monster heavy. It's not a horror. It's movie. It's not a horror not movie, really. But, but it's, it's atmospheric and it's mm-hmm. Tim Burtony and. It really does something with a story that's actually kind of dumb. Uh, if you ever read the original Washington Irving Sleepy Hollow, it's about ninety pages of nothing. Yeah. Um, but it's I, all the setup, and then the last like yeah. thirty seconds is yeah. the Horseman. Yeah, and the only other adaptation of it beforehand was a Disney musical version as sung by Bing Crosby, mm-hmm. um, which not taking away from that, it's very I fun. Love. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like this, and I love Burton's directing in it, and mm-hmm. uh, with with Johnny Depp in there as as well. 
What do you, what do you got? That's a good pick. I, I, I like Sleepy Hollow a lot, too. I, I think it's it's one that my wife and I both like and we both enjoy. And it's and it's good because she doesn't like a lot of scary movies. Yeah. So finding things for us to watch around as we get in the mood, you know, for Halloween, which we both love. Yeah. Um, that's a great one that we can kind of put on while we're doing stuff. And, and we've seen it so many times. Yeah. We don't have to pay a lot of attention to it. What, but uh, my number three is a movie that I just recently caught up with again. I had seen it Oh, really? It You're going this with your three? I, I, I had seen it before. I thought you'd go that one higher. Mm, I, you know what? And that's why I wanted to rewatch it because I was inclined. I was leaning a little bit higher on it. Again, with three movies, that's why a, a top I, well, five I already is know, nice. I already know what your number one is, so... You, do you? Well, well, I we'll guarantee see. you our top, our number one is the same. I, we may have some overlap yeah. because, you know, he, looking at it, I mean, he's, he's a, done he's a lot a, of movies, but he hasn't done that many. It's not a huge... He's an American auteur. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. He, no, that I works so. in the mainstream, yeah. But uh, so I just recently, like I said, I just recently caught up with this one again. Um, and I, I, I really, really like this movie, obviously. Um, it's Ed Wood. <laughs> Another um, Johnny Depp. Well, that's uh, kind of hard not to pick a Johnny Depp, Tim Burton movie. More but. Johnny Depp. I mean, as I was thinking about this list, I thought... Another Martin Landau movie. <laughs> well, and exactly. It yeah. was during my watching of that, it, who, who won an Academy Award for mm-hmm. his Bella uh, portrayal of uh, Best uh, Supporting Actor nomination. <laughs> Good evening. Um, <laughs> that's where you got that from. You know, I think it's one of those great movies about movies, and I like to think of it as a companion piece in a weird sort of way to a movie like Barton Fink, yeah. which is about that idea of like that version of Hollywood where if you're trying to make it as an artist, artist and you have this um this vision that you think you have for yourself but you're trying to get your foot in the door of this industry that's about making money it's about churning out you know a boxing picture yeah you know like like they want uh, uh john Turturro to yeah. do they want him to just make a boxing picture it's either boxing or wrestling movie i think it's I think a it's wrestling a, i can't I, remember exactly but it's something like that and he it's coen brothers more than likely it's a wrestling movie it could be it could very well be but um, and it also and it doesn't help that you know he's Johnny Depp is playing Ed Wood the this recently named uh, as the worst director of all time to Plan yeah. Nine from Outer Space and Glenn or Glenda, uh, which we just see him make uh, yeah. during the movie. He really just likes Angora. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much how it goes. Um, no, it's an excellent movie. It's a great Tim Burton movie too because it's about. There's a line where Patricia Arquette is saying um, that uh, when he's trying to, when uh, Edward is trying to recruit Vampira <laughs> in the movie, in one of the movies that he makes, that That's Plan Nine. Uh, he says, "No, I think it's. I think it might be this one that he does right before oh, yeah, that." Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But right. it might have been. It, it, she was might have been in that one too, um, where he says, "She says uh, uh, that she should be lucky because Ed's the only man in town who doesn't pass judgment on people." And he says. Um, that's true. If I did, I wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> and so Bill Murray, who's, uh, has a great role in yeah, this movie right, as does. well, yeah. um, has this line too, when they get baptized <laughs> in the church, I know I'm talking a lot about this movie and, and, and I'll cut it short in a second here, but, um, he says that, uh, you know, he's like, how do you do it? How do you get all of your friends to get baptized for you just so you can make a monster movie? And I feel like that's a lot of Tim Burton's thing, and that's what appeals to a lot of people about Tim Burton is that he always casts, writes, writes these stories about outsiders and misfits and weirdos, and I'll get to that in my number one pick also. Oh, that, I think that's my my yeah okay. Uh, that that I think appeals to a lot of people, and I and I think it's a great, uh, Tim, it's a great Tim Burton movie that that is just that gets it that people don't think about maybe as much because it's not about. Um, it doesn't have a lot of crazy makeup and crazy yeah. stuff, and but Johnny Depp does have weird dentures in it. So. He does. Well, and they, everyone has eyeliner on because it's all done in black <laughs> and white. Um, yeah, because he took all that for Plan Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So 
my number, so two? number two uh, i think my number two is your number one it's Pee Wee's big adventure <laughs> oh no well go ahead no oh, well, I'm, I'm just go ahead you're gonna you're gonna say it so, all right Pee-wee. so, so Wee's big adventure it's uh it just it's one of the greatest movies of the 1980s sure um bizarre strange a travelogue of a cross american journey so many great lines and, and the performance of paul rubens as Wee. just yeah that movie would suffer if it wasn't from tim burton's both giving your eyes something to look at but at the same time starving you like the like the the bleakness of the landscape as comparison to those just bizarre people and costumes mm-hmm. that inhabit Wee herman's world just it's it's one of the most beautiful movies ever and it has one of my favorite comedy moments of all time where Wee is saving all of the animals out of the burning fire <laughs> and then he keeps on looking at the snakes going ew ew <laughs> and then he comes the snakes and then it finally he goes in there to save the snakes and he comes out covered just in covered in <laughs> snakes and he goes ah! <laughs> and he falls on the ground and I can't help but think about that and laugh every time and of course no one nowadays can go I remember the Alamo. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I'm in Texas. Are you really? Yeah. The stars shine bright, so big and bright, <laughs> deep in the heart of Texas. It's a, yeah, I, uh, uh, I do love that movie. When I was a kid, that movie scared the hell out of me. Large Marge. Large Marge. And there was, there's another scene. It's been such a long time. Is it the one where he's like passing out and all dinosaurs? Right. And he's really, it's a scene where he's getting really overwhelmed by something. I think it might be the scene where he realizes his bike is missing. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's very, because he's suddenly now like in this. He he loses his balance and then we are now thrown off balance. And I remember just really thinking that movie was terrifying. And I saw it as a kid because I loved Pee-wee's Playhouse, the Saturday morning show. And I thought, oh, fun. Mm -hmm. It's it's a Pee-wee movie. Um, America's star for a Piazzadora comeback. (laughs) I'm a loner daddy. So my number two is uh, a movie that I, uh, this is the movie, well, uh, this will give it away, obviously, but the movie that Tim Burton made right before Batman Beetlejuice. Big, big fan. I love pretty much everything about this movie. Um, And it's amazing. I won't go into it here, but if you ever get a chance to hear uh, either on like a podcast interview we've done or or maybe in magazines where uh, Keaton talks about getting this role and then getting the role of uh, Batman, that's actually a really fascinating story about kind of how he got offered that role. Um, So, of course, this is, you know, you've got... Uh, just this great cast too: uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Not this. to mention Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara, and and yeah, and, and, and Winona Ryder, Ryder. You know, and and so and Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. One of the things I, I and what's his face? Um, the the other guy who's at the party. Um, the, um are you talking about the the oh Dick Cavett? Yeah, Dick Cavett. I started to say the the late um the guy who uh, played Otho. Otho. Yeah, um, but no. Oh my god, I can't think of his name off the top of my no, head. I'm, yeah. I'm very sorry, I, I did not write yeah. it down. But, but no, Dick Cavett at the party. Yeah, just Dick Cavett's there. So one of the things I love about this movie, just from how I just love the story. I just love how how goofy and campy it is. Yeah. The weird use of music. The use the the use of uh, that violin. Um, Type of ha- fiddle. Um, well, of, of jumping the line. Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the. Um, they, oh, yeah, what's his banana name? boat song. What's his name? What's, what's, what's it's uh, Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. Thank it's you. I the banana boat. Couldn't song. get yeah. the H uh, sound out. There, his vision of the afterlife is simultaneously both just like 
fascinating to look at and just amazing to think about, but also super depressing because there's no Death religion. Is a bureaucracy. Right. This, this horrible, just crushing bureaucracy because why not? I mean, you have, uh, you, why, you know, you've all the time, I mean, you know, you're dead now. I mean, yeah, you have no all sense the time, time to wait. Yeah. Right. So you're going to sit in this waiting room for some reason. You don't even know why. Yeah. And there's no heaven or hell. There's no understanding of like, Coach. Anything you did in this life has any bearing on what you do now? <laughs> it's so it's so wonderful. You get to and... meet your social worker, <laughs> well, it's like or your caseworker. Yeah, coach, I don't think we survived that bus crash. <laughs> How'd you guess? <laughs> well, no, the um. Oh my god! And I always, you know, he's working on Beetlejuice two right now. But I think mm. that the way that Beetlejuice two needs to start is Beetlejuice's number finally being called in the office. That would be great. And it's finally, they, they go, like, you know, whatever. And he's like, ugh, that time. Yeah. You <laughs> don't do anything about my head. <laughs> no. And in the first 40 minutes, he has the tiny head <laughs> until finally the, it wears off. Hey, I think this is a good look for me. <laughs> no, that that movie is fantastic. That, that was your number two, right? My number two. Yeah. That, that was my number so. one. So I don't want to. Okay. It's a good lead in because that movie is just the, what I really like about it the best is that I love the you, you mentioned the music and it's that weird like fiddle like you hear at the beginning of like yeah um like any Paganini you know like uh-huh. dun, 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 you know that uh-huh. and then it's just like it's that starkness of 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 just death but at the same time people who aren't living like it's like this this whole like thing of like how death and life is kind of just intermingled it's like there's no real death life and there's no real death it's yeah. just a thing and if you're trapped in your house and you leave you end up on saturn yeah the, and saturn is full of sandworms, sandworms. yeah Duh. And, and of course it's <laughs> and the um, you've been but, to saturn i've been to saturn <laughs> and on the back of and the, the carrying the entire movie is a 10 minute performance of michael keaton as beetlejuice the ghost of the most who doesn't even show up until pretty late in the movie i mean you see him here and there sort of hey, but Got a segment. <laughs> oh my god! It's just the weird impressions he does. Nice model. <laughs> oh my! It's just it's so well. My qualifications. Well, I went to Juilliard. I Harvard graduated from Harvard Business School. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Yeah, it's that movie is just. Love it. It's a gem that I think a lot of the modern, a lot of a lot of children, a lot of our, you know, our age's children will grow up and they won't necessarily know that movie. Hmm. Like it's gonna take a parent to say like, you've never seen. Let's Beetlejuice? sit down and let's and watch let's, Beetlejuice. Let's watch yeah. Beetlejuice, and it's gonna be a gem that people are gonna discover. And that's what kind of makes me excited about it. Like a lot like Pee-wee's Big Adventure or Beetlejuice. Unless Beetlejuice 2 comes out and people love it. In which case, then maybe a whole new generation will figure that out. Man, that's going to be an undiscovered gem that a lot of kids are going to see. And they're going to be like, did you ever see Beetlejuice? I'm like, yeah, I love Beetlejuice. (laughs) Want to watch Beetlejuice? Let's watch Beetlejuice. It's it's April. I don't care. We're watching Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Uh, My number one is not Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I I was was sad to see Pee-wee. Had I not really gotten into I know, that I know who your number one is. Uh, my number one is, uh, I would say, out of all of Tim Burton's movies, uh, Dark especially Shadows. in that late... Planet <laughs> of the Apes. <laughs> the Planet of the Apes. Big Fish. Remake. Um, 
especially during that like late 80s, his peak late yeah, 80s into I, the 90s um i think the most quintessentially burton-esque movie um is edward, edward scissorhands yeah that's uh, what like if you didn't have peewee it was gonna be edward yeah i mean johnny depp is is obviously fantastic in it and i mean i love that it's you know you can look at this it is this sort of modern you know frankenstein which it is uh is funny because he would his first short film was frank and weenie which is a much more literal uh, <laughs> interpretation of Frankenstein. But instead of getting, you know, the angry mob sort of doing the angry mob thing that they do in Frankenstein, you get this much smaller picture in this sort of satire yeah. of suburbia through this family that actually is kind to him yeah. and shows him some kindness. I mean, of course, he's got, you know, some, he's still labeled as a freak and a weirdo, yeah. but he's got, you know, uh, this family that, that shows him love and, you know, he gets to be this, you know, I think it's the most sort of personal film because I think it's the one that, that Burton yeah. probably identifies the most with that character. Have and, you seen Tim Burton in the 1980s? He looks just like Johnny right, exactly. Depp. And, 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 and going to, to what I was talking about earlier with Ed Wood about movies, about outcasts and about weirdos yeah. and, you know, what I think his fans really yeah. identify with is really comes to ahead it's very very literal in this movie yeah it's um i i see that as is a, a modern american fairy tale sure um yep. and it's definitely and, and the performance it's very very I, I, it's esoteric in a lot of ways. Like the performances are all very strange. Nothing is supposed to be natural in that movie. And right. Like, even the acting is not supposed to be natural. People are are acting against the mm -hmm. grain in that movie, which makes it very interesting. I I like that movie. It's definitely not in my top three, as I said. But it's it's a it's an interesting. Probably if watch. we were doing top five, maybe. No. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, like uh, I love Tim Burton, but he does. I don't know if I could go top five. Hmm. I I like. I, I like that. It, it might be number five, but only because there's not a lot of other movies that I would pull from him. Number four would be uh, Sweeney Todd. I love that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the last great movies he did, but that's only because of the, uh, the, um, the, the it's actually based off a of Broadway musical. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has mm -hmm. it, it, nothing really to do with him. It's just, he directed a very well, good interpretation of that, of yeah. that musical. So. Pee-wee would probably be my number four. I, yeah. I think it just got edged out by Ed Wood and the fact that I saw that you more just recently. You just saw it, yeah. Uh, like, literally and I, I, watched no, don't, it this You weekend. know what? I would probably go Ed Wood f as, my, as my five. And then, okay. I would, then it would be probably uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Then yeah. it would be Dark Shadows. <laughs> then, then dark. I don't think I actually ever caught up with Dark Shadows. I don't think I saw it. Terrible. Did not. <laughs> terrible movie. Did not look good. And no. that's funny because no. I actually used to watch the not yeah, the original the Dark Count. Shadows, but yeah. like the one that was on when we were younger. Yeah, that's on like CBS. Like for oh, a couple yeah. of seasons. I think I watched that one. Barnabas Collins. Yep. Love. That's stupid. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's about it. Yeah. PlanetArbitrary.com for all your Planet Arbitrary needs. Follow me on Twitter at Planet Arbitrary. You could follow Kevin at. At K White says, like our Facebook page backslash Planet Arbitrary. You could also listen to our sister podcast, Game Classy Podcast, which is on its own feed. And you could also listen to Game On, which is our play on, sorry, which is on our feed, Planet Arbitrary. Um, best way you can help the podcast is to like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes under the Planet Arbitrary Podcast. You could also listen to us on YouTube. We're actually under the Game Classy Podcast page on YouTube. So that's where you can hear us there. Um, so, Kevin. Until next time. Did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Can't what remember. Th what does that mean? Uh. Come make it. Oh. Life shit. <laughs>